You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Bienvenidos, señoras y señores, al uh, podcast de Grave Plot. <laughs> soy Skeletoni. Y yo soy Taylor de Terror. <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> And that's four years of Spanish. There you go. <laughs> There's that public education for you. Uh, yeah, welcome everybody. This is episode 178. Um, and uh, it's also our Cinco de Mayo uh, celebration episode thing. Party. Wherein we will be Fiesta. offering our salute to Mexican horror. Um, you know, over the years we've uh, gained some friends uh, who are Mexican filmmakers. Yeah, uh, Luchagor Shout out to Luchagor. Wherein only one of them is actually Mexican. It's true. Actually, uh, Shane is Mexican, right? Oh, is he technically part of Luchagor Productions? Or is he just a frequent collaborator? I, I don't know. I think he's the only one we haven't met. Yeah, that's true. Um, Regardless, shout out Shane McKenzie. What up? Uh, but yeah. Uh, And no one else. No other relevant Mexican directors that we know. <laughs> uh, definitely not any female Canadian ones that we would ever call a friend. Definitely don't ever see Puppet Killer. <laughs> <laughs> uh but no uh yeah uh, lisa Oviez, we would be remiss not to mention her where would we be without you uh much happier much happier <laughs> living much more fulfilling <laughs> lives um but yeah cinco de mayo a lot of people think it's mexican in mexican independence day it's not <laughs> just so you know <laughs> It's just another re reason for white people to drink. Uh, I mean, no, in reality, it was uh, a victory at the Battle of Puebla, I believe. Um, where, so it was, the French had invaded uh, Mexico, the Mexican army, which was kind of like a David and Goliath type situation. Or, you know, the French army was enormous and the Mexican army was poquito. Um, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, And uh, yeah, they, they beat him at this this uh, battle, which really, you know, emboldened the Mexican army. Uh, they still got their asses kicked overall, but but they won that battle, and that's what counts, and that's what Cinco de Mayo is about. So educate yourself. Um, but we're still going to drink. We have here a nice bottle of tequila. Um, it's made in Mexico, but it is the Rocks brand, <laughs> and he. Is not Mexican. No. Um, he is half black, half Samoan. Correct. Uh, if, if you know Tony and I at all, you will know that we do not drink tequila. No. We hate tequila. 
<laughs> it's true. It's just bad experiences left and right for everyone. Nobody has good experiences with tequila. No. I mean, they'll say they do, but really, <laughs> it's not a good experience. Yeah. But no, uh, this is Terramana. Not this, I mean, not sponsored, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored. Uh, but I, my, my wife bought this when she was trying to make margaritas. Well, I mean, she did make margaritas, but um, I had a, a, a swig of this. It's not terrible. It's, it's, it's still tequila. I still don't care for it. But I figured it's Cinco de Mayo, so celebrate with a, with a shot, a little drink. Yeah. Are we just doing one shot? Yeah, just one. Okay. I didn't know if this was going to be like a new horror business story. Woo! <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> That's so much. Oh, shit. Pour like an adult, Tony. Like on How I Met Your Mother. But, uh, that's fun Ted makes a drinking game of just like anytime anything happens <laughs> they're like oh first down drink alright <laughs> he's just hammered by the bit alright yeah, let me get my chaser yeah, get your chaser ready <laughs> it is tequila it's, it's smooth but it is tequila salud happy Cinco de Mayo that's not bad oh it's got a kick. Yeah, but it's definitely got a little bit of kick. But it's smooth. It doesn't burn like like shitty tequila does. Yeah. <sighs> Last time I had tequila was Crypticon. Oh, like really? Three years ago. Because mm. it was all there was. Right. Yeah, we... It was like, yeah, what kind of booze you got? Well, we have gold tequila and silver tequila. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I guess I'll have the tequila then. <laughs> um... Yeah, last time I had tequila, and like, I don't, like, the last time I had had tequila was early on in my drinking years, like kind of my early mid-twenties. Yeah, well, a little warm in my belly. <laughs> um, and uh, it was just like fucking Cuervo or some shit like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was not good. I hated it, and I swore off of it. Um then uh, a few years ago, I was out to lunch with some people from work, and my boss bought us a round of, I don't know what it was. It may have been Cuervo. Some tequila. And I was like, uh. <laughs> like, I contemplated, like, being, oh, yeah. <laughs> Toss it over my shoulder. Um, but, yeah, I drank it. I wasn't happy about it. And, like, tequila does this thing to me that, Pretty much no other liquor does where I immediately start feeling a little bit of a buzz. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I mean, it's not like super high content or anything else. Or like like that's Jaeger for me. Really? Yeah. I instantly feel it in my face. <laughs> what do I what am I doing with my face? <laughs> did, did someone slap me? <laughs> Why is my face tingling? That's like I mean that's something that wore off for me as I started drinking more. That sounds terrible. <laughs> now that I don't... As I built up my tolerance. Pretty much. But now that I don't drink as much, uh, it's kind of come back where my face gets really warm. Like, even after one drink. Yeah. Like, I can already feel it starting in my face already. Yeah, a little pink going right here. Yeah. Um, something I learned is that Asian people uh, almost always have... Um, a low tolerance, almost like almost like an allergy to alcohol. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So, I, like, a lot of Asian people that I met in like high school or college, 
um, they drink and they face their faces get like beat red and they get drunk super fast. And I just I thought they were like you know just lightweights. Yeah, lightweights. And I never really put it together that they were all Asian. <laughs> but that's something I learned. I don't know what, a year ago, I guess. I've done a lot of reading and learning about things in the last year. Good for you. <laughs> because, you know, what else are you supposed to do? Yeah. Anyway, what's up, Taylor? <laughs> uh, not much. I'm getting ready to move here in a couple weeks. Yeah, exciting. Getting a bigger place. This we're is... we're going to have our own little podcast studio. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have tech, we'll like have two semi-dedicated spots for recording. Yeah. Because... Where I had all my office stuff and where we had actually recorded a, a few episodes before mm. at my house is now the baby room. I moved all of my office stuff into the other room, which is actually bigger. Um, and now, as soon as the room is cleared and we have s- some floor space available, we can actually record in there. So we'll have two rooms where we can have just quiet to record. <laughs> yeah, that'll be nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I got uh, a baby coming here in a, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so that's uh, that's coming up quick. Like it, it's like a roller coaster, man. Like you know, you hit you hit the peak, and it's like you know, it's it's slow getting up to the peak. But as soon as you go hit that, you know, eight month mark, it's just like a downhill slide, and everything just gets faster and faster. And you're like, <laughs> I don't have enough time. <laughs> Did you hear about the people that got stuck on the roller coaster? No. Uh, I forgot where it was. But yeah, they got to- stuck at the top. Oh, like fuck. the ride broke down at the top and they had to walk down the roller coaster. Hey. <laughs> That's no good. Yeah. Good thing it wasn't one of those like straight up, straight down kind of ones. <laughs> <laughs> or like uh, one of those ones where you where, you, where your feet are dangling. Yeah. That would suck. That would suck so much. You just got to yeah, sit there. You just gotta, yeah. What are you going to do? You probably, have, probably pissed yourself. Until they can get like a, I don't know, a fire truck ladder or something. I don't know what, how else they would get you down. Yeah. Or like, you know, like, um, helicopter, like construction scaffolding or something. I don't <laughs> know. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Baby coming in a couple of weeks. And I guess I'll, I'll just take that opportunity to mention this is going to be my, sounds extreme to say last episode, but, uh, this is going to be my last one for at least one episode, maybe two. Um, just got to kind of play it by ear. Uh, our next episode is actually going to be recorded the weekend before my baby's due. Um, and it's just, there's too much stuff for me to <laughs> take care of. I don't have time to record the podcast, let alone edit it. So, uh, Taylor's going to take the reins. Uh, yeah, I, I will have a guest host for next episode. Um, going forward after that is kind of up in the air. We don't really know. Uh, we may miss a couple episodes or, you know, one or two or two. Who the fuck knows? This may be the last episode ever. <laughs> Don't jinx it. <laughs> um, we're just going on about how we're going to have our own podcast studio. And they were just like, yeah, let's, let's, let's pack it in. Yeah, we've had a good run. <laughs> seven years? Uh, almost seven? Almost eight. Christ. It's too long. <laughs> what no. are we doing? Well, podcasts don't last this long. <laughs> podcasts have a timeline. Yeah, like... Are we, Joe Rogan? Yeah, like aside from like celebrity podcasts, which you know that's like their job. Yeah, they what they have nothing else to do. Yeah, like our 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 contemporaries, our peers, they most of them started after us. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that we inspired them. Not saying we didn't. <laughs> but, 
Uh, but yeah, like a lot of podcasts that um, are kind of like on the same wavelength as us, uh, they haven't been around quite as long. Pretty pretty close. Some started like around the same time. Some started a little bit after. But like all the ones I can think of off the top of my head that actually started before us aren't, aren't around anymore. Yeah, or if they are, it's like they'll pop up in your podcast feed and you'll go, what? Oh, yeah. They put out a new episode? Yeah. Um, like uh, like Double Murder. Yeah. Like once at, once every two years, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> just like no rhyme or reason to when they put it out. Just like whenever they find time, they put out a new episode. Yeah, and they're like, they're on Bloody Disgusting Network, too. Yeah. It's like, it's so, so the horror show, they, they've gotten back to a more regular schedule, but they. Oh, have they now? I think so. Yeah, for a long time, they were the same way where they would just kind of put out sporadic episodes. And a lot of that had to do with one of their hosts having, having a baby. baby. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to try and keep you know as, as normal a schedule as possible. Um, I might have a, a rotating cycle of guest hosts. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try to keep it as normal as possible. Um, Taylor will be the constant for, for a while. For now. Um, and yeah, like ideally this will... This next episode will be the only one I miss, but I can't make promises that I'll be back for the one after that. But I will be back. It's just a matter of getting this parenting thing. New babies are kind of a, kind of a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not banking on it. I'm not hedging my bets on it. But I'm hoping for a calm baby, because <laughs> like you know. I was a uh, relatively low maintenance, uh, low maintenance baby um, compared to my siblings. You know, I had my brother with all his health problems, and my sister was just a pain in the ass. Still is, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, yeah, pretty low maintenance overall. And same with my wife; she was super, well, uh, comparatively so, a low maintenance baby. Where her sister was a pain in the ass. So I'm hoping. Ours takes after us and is low maintenance. So, you know, maybe we'll get to get some sleep and have somewhat normal lives. But we'll see. Um, but anyway, so yeah, just wanted to, to get that out of the way. Um, and uh, I'll be back. I, I just don't know when. Yeah. So uh, let's try and make this episode a good one. I will go ahead and say, uh, not next episode, but the episode after that, we may have to skip that one because that's the weekend I move is the weekend we're supposed to record. So, mm. yeah, <clears throat> I mean, like this year, this year I think is the one where we've missed or just skipped over the most episodes. Yeah, and not necessarily this calendar year, but this past twelve months or so. Just like it's a pain. Yeah, sometimes and we had to do it remote for a while, and yeah, yeah, and just like you know, without. A lot of new movies coming out. It's just like sometimes it's like, okay, well, we don't have two movies or we're not, we don't have two movies that we're excited about. Let's just skip an episode until we can come up with something else. <laughs> or it's just like, you know, I'm super busy. I can't make time for it this time. And let's just move on to the next one. Technical errors or technical difficulties. That was, that hung us up a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> or, or it just got to a point. It's just like, fuck it. <laughs> That episode's just lost. It's gone. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. Anything else to report? No, I don't think so. Cool. We're both fully vaccinated now. It's true. 100% zestfully vaccinated, in fact. Great success. <laughs> um, I hit my two-week mark yesterday. 
Nice, nice. Yeah, I think uh, I'm three weeks in now. Um, and, and, you know, it's like been almost a month since my second vaccination. So I'm free to roam the earth. <laughs> you still wear a mask outside? Yeah. I do too. Uh, except yesterday we went and uh, took maternity pictures. Um, which, the, like, as a male, I don't understand that. But my wife wanted to do it. Her friend, who's a photographer, wanted to do it. So she's like, "All right, let's let's go do it." Um, but <clears throat> uh, we were down at the beach, and uh, we were right near the beach, <laughs> boy. Um, and we were wearing masks then, but because it was just a pain in the ass to have to keep putting it on and taking it off. Sure. Uh, and it was a, a open space, so yeah, I still wear one outside. And a, a big part of it is just optics. Because I see someone not wearing a mask. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. It's, just, it's a courtesy thing. Yeah. You know, when I, I don't want somebody to be, like, even though I'm fully vaccinated, I know that the person walking down the street in the opposite direction doesn't. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't want to be that asshole that makes somebody else uncomfortable because they're worried about me getting them sick. Yeah. So, yeah. I, like, you know, I was wearing my, my, industrial mask with the filter in it and stuff i've downgraded it just to like a normal surgical mask like i think 90 percent of the population wears because i'm vaccinated and it's it's again it's just optics at this point yeah but anyway go get your vaccines people yeah you know like uh i do payroll for work um and we started offering our employees a bonus to get vaccinated just to encourage people to do it. Yeah. Um, and it, it was nice to see that about half of our staff has been vaccinated. Yeah, we don't have a huge staff, so that's kind of, kind of a, a, a big deal. Um, and uh, the guy who's in charge of managing all that um, was saying that a lot of the people didn't even know that we were offering a bonus because apparently we didn't communicate it especially well. <laughs> But they were just going to get vaccinated anyway, so that's that's encouraging. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's that's everything. Um, before we get into the show proper, do want to thank our grave diggers over on, over on Patreon. These lovely folks help finance this little uh, little dog and pony show that we run here. Uh, it's not an expensive operation, but it does cost money. We have to pay for our website and hosting fees and whatnot. Um, and that goes a long way to helping us out with that. Um, those lovely folks are Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Carlos Rodella, Gory B. Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, and Kevin Nesgoda. Thank you so much, guys, from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, it does mean a lot every couple of weeks to, to read these names and know that we've got people supporting the show. Um, so thank you, Taylor. If anybody else wants to join the party, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash grave plot podcast for as little as $1. You can get in on the party, including joining us live for horror business every two weeks. You can communicate with us, get your, uh, input on the dumb things we're saying, uh, $5, get your name in the show, more money, more perks as, as, and also more problems, no problems. as I'm told, um, by Mace. 
if someone were to give us $100 a month, I would get a tattoo of a fat unicorn on my ass. It's just, it's time, guys. Like, it's, it's, it's time to do it. <laughs> yeah. This offer might expire. I don't know. I'm tired of saying it. <laughs> do you want Taylor to live the rest of his life with a bare ass? I don't. I don't think you do either. <laughs> so give us $100. So head over to patreon.com slash podcast. We're not doing this to make money. Like Tony said, uh, you know, all the money goes back into the show, pays for the things like the hosting fees and whatnot. And anything left over sits in a queue. Usually we use it for things like the Great Plot Film Fest, which we do every year. Yeah, I mean, we've got things uh, like us, we've got website to pay for. We've got our, you know, where we host our, our episode files, um, film festival stuff. Um, we've got a P.O. box if we get mail you know, that we pay for. And it's like it, it doesn't cost monthly what we receive, but everything in excess, yeah, just sits in our account until a day we do need it to replace equipment or something. Mm-hmm. So, or you know, make a bigger, better film festival. There you go. Hopefully, uh, next year we'll be back at the the Arc Lodge doing it live again. Yeah, things are looking good. I know they're back up in operation or in a, you know a smaller capacity. Mm-hmm. Although that might change here in the next week or so. <laughs> yeah, because people just can't seem to follow rules. Yeah, they're like, hey, fully vaccinated people can now go outside without masks. Oh, everybody can go outside without masks. Cool. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, if only the fully vaccinated people are outside, that means I can go because they're fully vaccinated. <laughs> like, I, you have a serious flaw in your logic there. All right. Let's get on with the show. Let's do it. Horror enough, business. Enough with vaccines and masks. And- <laughs> Taylor has assured me that horror business this week is not caca. It's not terrible. <laughs> okay. Um, I should have at least briefed myself on this first story. Probably. Jackass. <laughs> I usually do. I just got sidetracked, I guess. Um, okay. Go ahead. Here we go. I'm going to launch into it right now. <laughs> He's reading is what's happening right now. He's he's now briefing himself on totally it on am. air. Okay, so uh, you know, in construction jobs, <laughs> listen to me talk to it, like talk about it, like I knew what it was going in. <laughs> uh, you know, when you when you tear down a building or a house and you build up new construction, like is happening all over the place nowadays, um, you find the weirdest things underground. You know, a lot of people find like dinosaur bones, or um, you know, in older parts of the country or, or the world. You find, you know, relics. Not always, but sometimes. Maybe like arrowheads or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially in an area like the, like, uh, the Seattle area where, you know, there's all, well, pretty much everyone in the U.S. Was, was heavily populated by natives, but there was a significant native population here in the Seattle area until the white man said, Don't hey, get- go away. <laughs> it's, it's mines now. Uh Speaking of which, little side sidestep here. Uh, there's a show on Peacock called Rutherford Falls. Have you watched it? Mm-mm, never heard of it. It's got Ed Helm, Helms. Uh, it's uh, interesting. It's um, it's about it's this town in up, upstate New York um, that has this legacy of 
being founded by this man, Lawrence Rutherford, and Ed Helms is his descendant. And he's very devout and um, tied to his family's legacy. And he maintains like the historical society and that kind of stuff. Uh, and it all starts coming back to how he really just conned the natives because there's a, a very significant uh, native population operates the casino on you know on the reservation and and things like that. But ba- basically, it started to come out that this guy wasn't such a great founder the way he's been presented. He's actually kind of an, kind of an asshole and uh, conned the natives out of their land. And so the natives have come back and said, hey, we want our land back. <laughs> so is, is it a comedy? Yeah, but it's not like a, like a real like knee slapper. It's, it's from um, the people that, some people that were involved with uh, Parks and Rec and The Good Place are oh. behind it. But it's not like just. It's, it's not like, that kind of comedy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny, but it's not like silly off the wall shit like those two shows hmm. had. Um, it does have a little bit of like a Parks and Rec feel to it, though, just because it deals with like um, a community and in city operations and that, that type of stuff. Anyway, okay, so um, yeah, weird shit can be found under old construction all the time. Uh, something you don't typically find, tip, typically find or want to find, are human remains. Usually not. Uh, but such a thing has happened in uh, the UK. Uh, according to the Wiltshire Times, uh, construction contractor Robbie Kearney was digging a drainage hole for a patio in the village of who, Heightsbury, right? Sure. <laughs> uh, his sh- when his shovel uncovered piles, not just a pile, piles. Not just one bone. Not just one pile. <laughs> of bones. Piles of bones. Uh, he says he first assumed the bones were part of an animal carcass, as you might think. Sure. Maybe someone buried their dog or something. Yeah, or just, you know, you know an animal dies, and over time it gets covered up by soil. Mm-hmm. And, um, but after digging down uh, into the, the piles, uh, he discovered a human skull. Unsettling. Yeah. Uh, the following day, forensic experts came and an archaeologist identified five separate human skeletons, three adults and two children, both male and female. Uh, they have not determined the exact age. Uh, they are in the process of carbon dating, but it, that takes weeks to, to uh, come back con- somewhat conclusively. Um, but they're guessing it's back somewhere in the 5th century. That's old. Those are some old-ass bones. Yeah. Uh, according to historian Joe's Charlesworth, that's very British. Charlesworth. <laughs> um, the graves are likely to be from a plague pit. Oh, so they're from like last year. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, he also suggested there may be many more remains like this in the area. That's not what you want to hear. Not really. And, you know, it's like... You, it's like are there bones under my house? <laughs> Well, it's like, you know, yeah, like 5th century, you know, that time they're dealing with lots of plague everywhere, all over the UK. Yeah. Um, so I imagine these things are somewhat common. Um, but it's, and it's like, even though it was 15, 16 centuries ago, uh, 
it's still like, does this have plague on it? <laughs> I mean, probably not, but still. Because um, they, they didn't have, they're just like, oh. like I feel like, bury it. Yeah. I feel like um, back then, they didn't have quite the concept of contagions that we do now. Yeah. I mean, obviously, but. You know, like they probably weren't using hand sanitizer at all, <laughs> right? You know, I like uh, I think I told you about this. I've been watching the show Vikings, is like the History Channel show, mm-hmm. uh, and in the Viking village in Sweden, um, they there was this sickness. It wiped out like half the village. They didn't get into it. They didn't say what it was specifically because how could you? In in the what I think this is like the fourth century? No. Ninth century. Um it's like how could they know what, what the hell this even was? Just they knew that half their village was sick and dying. Yeah. But like they didn't seem to have the uh, a concept of like, oh, if I get too close to this person and breathe in what they're what? breathing out, I could get this too. Right. Of course, back then they're still Especially when they believed in like old gods and stuff, they're they thought like, "Oh, this is like a curse from the gods" type thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. <sighs> anyway, uh, yeah. So you know, do you think the homeowner? Do you think he? Do you think he said the thing? The thing? You think he was like, "You only moved the headstones." How could you not? Like you have to, right? Yeah. I mean, even though Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> You know, if it's just a big pit, it's probably not graves, but you still have to. It's just like, yeah, it's obligatory. Yeah, it's the thing. It's a bit. <laughs> so uh, watch out for bones, guys. Dem, dem bones, dem bones. Gonna walk all over it. I don't think that's how it goes. It's not? No, that's, that's these boots. No, I, mean, I know that, but what is it? I don't know. Them bones, them bones, them... Something bones. No, that's a different song. <laughs> oh, I don't know what you're talking about then. Never mind. So before he passed away in 2017, uh, horror director and zombie godfather George A. Romero had been developing one final zombie movie. Uh, he, like everyone else, didn't like the way Diary of the Dead and uh, what was the other one? Survival. Survival of the Dead. Those are caca. They're bad. And apparently George knew it. Did he? Uh, allegedly's. <laughs> uh, but so he he was planning this one final movie to actually kind of tie up the series in a good way. It was called twilight of the dead. See, cause I, I want to point out that he made not two, but three bad zombie movies. Well, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, but when George died in 2017, it seemed like the movie probably died with him, but like everything else, George Romero does. It's coming back to life. Uh, like zombies. Oh, uh, it's a pun. <laughs> uh, the Hollywood Reporter reports that Suze- uh, Suzanne Romero, wife of the late director, has quietly been working with screenwriters on the script and is now seeking meetings with directors. 
The story is set in a decimated world. Life has all but disappeared, but there still may be hope for humanity. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, Romero had, oh, I don't think I mentioned this, but it's called Twilight of the Dead. Uh, Romero had written the treatment along with Paolo Zalati, who is now working with Joe Netter and Robert L. Lucas to finish the project. I don't know those people. Me neither. Uh, George's widow said, I gave him my full blessing as long as I could be there every step of the way for it to remain true to George's vision. We had a solid treatment and the beginning of the script. I can 100% say that George would be incredibly happy to see this continue. He wanted this to be his final stamp on the zombie genre. Uh, according to The Hollywood Reporter, this is a direct follow-up to Land of the Dead. Is it now? So, George apparently still likes that one. That's unfortunate. Which means George was in favor of the whole zombies can evolve and think and learn thing. Oh, like, I don't know. Did he start that? I don't know. It kind of started happening before Land of the Dead. Right? It kind of started with in Day of the Dead with Bub. That's true. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, I mean, you know, arguing arguing the semantics of zombies, something that doesn't exist, right, uh, is a bit silly. But you know, people argue religion all the time, and it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> yeah, can't burn. prove either one. Burn. <laughs> um, Score one for the heathens. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, I mean, we've we've gone into rants and tirades about this before. Like saying that something dead, a zombie, could somehow evolve, is ridiculous. Yeah, like I'm already suspending belief enough to believe that they can walk. Yeah, but now you're telling me that a, a dead brain, something that is completely brain dead, can learn. Right. Yeah, you know how. <laughs> there are oh. okay. That's so loud. <laughs> there, you know, over over the years, there have been def- look it up, duder <laughs> asshole. <laughs> um, over the years, there have been different presentations of how zombies come to be, whether it be through science or virus, space dust. Um, I've always, I'm always partial to the virus. That seems the most practical. Yeah. Um, cause you see it in nature. There are like viruses that uh, impact mostly insects yeah. and make them either like come to life or like another insect can kind of take over their body. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like to, in all of these instances, like in in real real life context, these things always die. It's it's a temporary thing. Yeah, they don't like say like suddenly start to become smart again. They don't start to learn to sing and dance. Yeah, or you know <laughs> learn to create their own uh, communities and and things. Like, yeah, that is utter horseshit. Learn how to use tools and it's like you know like anything else. I understand. Wanting to try and keep the genre fresh. But you know what? When you're dealing with something that is literally dead. Literally rotting. <laughs> uh, it, it's, there's not much to be done in, in, a, in a competent way. Yeah. And, like, and that means you cannot... Why do you think The Walking Dead has pretty much moved away from zombies at this point? Yeah. Because, you know, while 
they they already established that whatever like in the zombie de- uh, walking dead context they've already established that whatever makes people turn into zombies is already in them some virus that everybody in the world has mm-hmm. uh even i think even newborns i think they established that at some point probably they probably you got it from their mother yeah or you know it's something in the air whatever uh but yeah, like over time, you know, in in The Walking Dead, the zombies, when there are less and less humans to turn into zombies, uh, the zombies that are already there have over time become more and more rotted mm-hmm. and you know dysfunctional, and that's that's the real and practical way that things would work. Yeah, you know. Like, uh, anyway, <laughs> I remember when we were talking to, um, oh, fuck, what's his name? Big um, Daddy. Um, uh, Eugene something. Right. God damn, I'm so bad with names. Um, we were talking to him at Crypticon. You know, as much as we've talked shit. In about, full makeup. Yeah. As much as we've Eugene talked. Eugene Clark. Thank you. As much as we've talked shit about Land of the Dead over the years, it's like we left that out because it's like you know he's an actor, he's really proud of the work he did on that. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm not going to talk shit to the man's face, but um, nothing against him. He was fine in the role. Yeah, he was he was really good in the role actually. But it was it was a silly script. Yeah, the whole concept was just ridiculous. So, anyway, anyway, like I said, uh, Twilight of the Dead is a follow up to Land of the Dead. Uh, Zalati says it is no secret that diary and survival were not the way he envisioned the series ending and George knew it very well. Twilight of the dead was his goodbye to the genre he created and wanted to go out with a powerful film. Wasn't he also making that racing zombie movie that I thought his kid took up? Yeah. What happened to that? Like chariots of fire and meets zombies movie. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, not that I really care, but like, Where'd that ha- where that happened to that? <laughs> yeah, it seems weird that they're like, oh, he wanted this one final, really good send off for the zombie genre. He also wanted this popcorn film <laughs> that was really stupid and didn't make any sense. He just wanted, you know, one of each to come out. Here, here's something for everybody. Pick a side. Yeah, yeah, you know, deal like, with it. Land of the Dead came out, and it's just like, all right, fucking George. George's back, yeah. And then it sucked. And then Diary came out and is like, okay, George Romero, low budget zombie movie, getting back to the basics. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And it was garbage. And then Survival of the Dead just, like, after my heart was broken with Diary of the Dead, I was like, all right, well, we'll see what Survival does, but not holding out hope. And I'm glad that I didn't because that was awful too. Yeah. It was maybe even worse. I think, yeah, I think, I think they just got progressively worse. Like land had good bones. There was a good story in there, but then adding the stuff with the zombies, like making an uprising and stuff. That's where it all went downhill. Yeah. And you know, should have had more Dennis Hopper. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, George with his political stuff, it was just, it was part of his dialogue, but it was just, it was so heavy handed in that one that it, it ruined the plot. Yeah. Like you already had the 
you know, the 99 percenters in the, that little group that were going around fighting the zombies and shooting the sky flowers and stuff. Yeah. They could have been your 99 percenters. You didn't have to have the zombies have an uprising and be the, you know, Occupy. Right. Yeah, it's like, hey, it's a class war and there are zombies. Right. <laughs> Not the zombies are the class war. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, okay. so yeah, that's uh, that's in the works. Um We'll see, I guess. Yeah. It's only one thing left to do. See? Spooky, scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. We're so sorry, skeletons. You're so misunderstood. You only want All right, so a while back... Uh, what, two, three years ago? It was a while ago. Yeah. On our Halloween episode, uh, we talked about a movie called WNUF uh, Horror Special. Halloween Special. Halloween Special. That's what I meant. Um, and We uh, also had Jimmy George on the podcast. Right. Uh, it was funny. My dad texted me the other day. He's like, have you seen this movie, WNUF Halloween Special? I'm like, <laughs> please. Yeah, dad. <laughs> like, we, we had the director on the show. Back up. <laughs> Have a seat. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we, we, I don't. I, I believe he was the writer, not the director. I don't think he directed it. Was that what it was? I believe so. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Um, but uh, lost my train of thought. Yes. It, we, we feel like we couldn't, we didn't have enough good things to say about it. Yeah. I mean, you want like, super low budget i i'm i mean micro budget but still you know putting out a good story and doing the best with what they have that was it yeah yeah it was it was fun mm-hmm. it, and that was what was key it felt like you were watching an old vhs tape of some kind of you know campy 80s tv horror yeah. halloween special and i think the keys to making that work so well is they recorded it digitally. I think that's what Jimmy said. So they, they, they filmed it digitally, but then they transferred it to VHS. And anybody who's old enough to remember VHS and, you know, when your buddy would bring his old man's porn video over and you'd want to create your own copy, <laughs> you link up two VCRs together and you, you record from one to the other and you get, you'd get a copy, but it would be worse than the original. Yeah, each copy got worse than the one before. Yeah. It. And it's just, they're grainy and you get, you know, the tracking issues with the, the bouncing lines and stuff. Especially if you use like an old shitty VHS tape that's had like a million things recorded on it. Right. Um, I'll just film over this home video of my sister's 14th birthday. <laughs> so I can watch. Sorry, Shannon. <laughs> so I can watch so the can money shots in Deep Throat. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. And he was... Say that, that's exactly what they did. They just transferred transferred it back and forth to VHS to VHS until there's enough degradation to give it like that authentic look. Um, and uh, and the commercials those were those were yeah choice yeah because those those are what really brought you back. Those really sold it because um, they were like before there were like these huge networks. In your local markets, and you know, even today, smaller areas have their own smaller TV net, TV affiliates that have these local uh, 
um, commercials for local businesses. Um, Stop freaking, call Beacon. There you go. And, um, but you know, in the, in the 80s and early 90s, they're always so hokey. Oh, yeah. Um, and that, yeah, that that's definitely what made the, the whole, it really sold the whole Halloween special in the 80s thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, just the story and, and, and the way it, was, it played out really made it choice. Anyway, so uh, the creators in, in, uh, behind WNUF uh, are coming back with a new film called What Happens Next Will Scare You. Uh, it's from writer-director, producer Chris LaMartina and writer-producer Jamie George as we mentioned before. Um, it's described as a clickbait horror satire. Uh, the plot reads as staying late in their office, a motley crew of clickbait writers. So think like BuzzFeed, Ranker. I would say BuzzFeed the way it used to be. BuzzFeed has actually become a pretty legit news source, which I never would have thought happened. But For the most part, they still have. Oh, they still definitely have the, the clickbait articles. Yeah. Um, but that, like, I mean, once you hear that, the name makes so much sense. Yeah. You know, what happens actually? Because there's always, you always see, you know, the headlines are like the top 15 Miley Cyrus moments. Right. Number six will shock you. Yeah. I can't, or she can't believe that she did this on TV. It's like, oh, she said fuck accidentally. <laughs> but there's like a picture of like cleavage. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, staying late in their office, a motley crew of clickbait writers are writing for the writing the top early watching. Watching. Thank you. <laughs> clickbait writers are watching the top 13 scariest viral videos in preparation for a Halloween listicle, which is what we were talking about. That's that's what a listicle is. Yeah. Um it's like a list of testicles. List of testicles. <laughs> the top ranked tes- testicles in a list. That's a testicle listicle. <laughs> But they call it, it a listicle because it's a list that, that hangs down. <laughs> Just dangles there. It dangles. Uh, but when an early entry curses whoever watches the cryptic link, our snarky hipsters must distinguish fact from fiction before a tidal wave of terrifying supernatural activity leads to real-life murders. Uh, this has been nominated for Best Horror Comedy and Best Writing at the Nightmare Film Festival. So it's already got some accolades. Um, And now it is available for pre-order on Kickstarter through May 19th. We will provide the link in the show notes. Yes. Um, You can get a digital download for $15. And that will has an estimated delivery date of September this year. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like this this sounds all along the same lines of WNUF. Uh, same kind of uh, energy, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I, I look forward to seeing it. Um, check it out. Right? Check it out? Oh, definitely check it out. <laughs> yeah. Almost definitely. Um, yeah, like the storyline, you know, we talked about them, you know, doing what they could with what they had. And obviously this is this is going to be another micro budget thing because that's, I, I think that's just kind of their thing. Like even if they got a lot of money, they wouldn't know what to do with it. Right. Kind of like us. Yeah, they like they would make the movie and be like, "Okay, now we have all this money. What do we do? We just keep this or <laughs> this is ours? Put it put it in a sock." <laughs> um, but you know that like WNUF was about uh, a haunted house, 
And this one, you know, it's about a curse. So you're not spending time on our time and money on creature effects or anything like that. Yeah. So that's uh, really where the, these guys kind of shine is doing things with tone and story as opposed to just showing you monsters or gross effects or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, WNUF uh, really presented itself in the way that you would see it in a real life situation. It wasn't like over the top mon- like creature effects, like you said, um, you know, unbelievable monsters and shit like that mm. it was something in the realm of believability yeah it's interesting that they're doing pre-orders through kickstarter yeah i've seen that uh quite a bit i don't know if they're still paying for like post-production or anything like that or if they're doing hard copies maybe or i don't could be i've seen a lot of places that will like they'll do like a kickstarter and indiegogo um and you know, even after they meet their goal and the the um, campaign ends, they'll still have like an option open, or they'll add an option to order a copy of the final product. You don't get all like the the frills that the early people got, right? But you, you'll get a copy of the finished product. You know, movies uh, with, with me, like like comic, like special edition comic books, that type of stuff. So, anyway. Uh, yeah, so, uh, check it out, uh, guys, and, you know, it's 15 bucks, it's not a huge investment, and it goes a long way, I'm sure, to financing their next project, so. Yeah, it looks like they're already, like, more than double their goal, so they might have the next one financed already, (laughs) the way that they operate. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. When the cryptos creak and the tombstones quake, ghosts come out for a squeaking way. Happy haunts materialize and begin to vocalize. Grim grinning ghosts come out to socialize. Now don't close your eyes and don't try to hide or a silly spook. So we've talked before about how the haunted mansion is coming back to the big screen. Uh, just before we got started, actually, we were talking about that apparently the Jungle Cruise movie is testing extremely well, and Disney is just like, we got a franchise on our hands, and so now they're they're going back to the well, and they're looking for more rides to make movies out of. Yeah, I mean, I kind of saw that coming. Um, I mean, it was going to happen sooner or later. Yeah. You know, th- I think they've started talking about doing Matterhorn a while ago. Yeah. I don't think anything started to actually come of it until recently. Right. Um, but yeah, Haunted Mansion, you knew that was going to be a remade at some point. I mean, um, that one, it's, it's such a good, um, like the property is just so rich and, you know, it's, it's just ripe for a film adaptation and then they just fucked it up. Yeah. That was disappointing too, because, uh, in the context of the ride, you know, the, the over, overarching story in the ride was in that Eddie Murphy movie. Mm-hmm. It just didn't do it well. Yeah, like it was poorly con- it was poorly conceived and poorly, uh, you know, produced. Um, they shouldn't have made it in comedy. I think that was their first misstep. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't get too excited for the remake just yet, uh, as we've mentioned before. This is being written by Katie Dippold, who wrote at least she was at least one of the writers on the 2016 Ghostbusters. <laughs> Uh, she has written four movies, three of them star Melissa McCarthy. The fourth one stars Amy Schumer. So just a, a track record of bad, bad movies. Yeah. Uh, but 
Uh, director Justin Simeon has been signed on to helm the movie. He recently directed the movie Bad Hair for Hulu. Uh, he's also a director for Dear White People. Have you watched Dear White People? I have not. It's pretty good. Is it? Yeah. Uh, Disney has wanted to work with Simeon for some time. He had a meeting for several other projects before settling on this one, uh, following his recent pitch on how he envisioned the story going. I mean, you got to work for Disney because, you know, you got to make that money. Yeah, Disney owns everything. (laughs) Uh, Deadline notes, insiders say this will be a completely different take as a film that stands on its own. So it's not in any way related to the Eddie Murphy movie. Aside from being based on Haunted Mansion. Yeah, and having the same name and stuff. Um, We don't really know what the plot of the film is going to be, but of course, for those of you who haven't been to Disney, the ride's premise sees theme park guests go inside a spooky and creepy manner that includes some classic characters like the spirit of psychic medium Madame Leota to the skeletal bride to the cloaked hat box ghost. Seeing, that's, seeing the hat box ghost as a classic character is a little bit of a stretch. I mean, he wasn't in the ride for a very long time. Yeah. They took him out and then they just recently brought him back. Yeah. And, you know, like, for anybody not, uh, I won't launch into a big story, but anybody not familiar with the Hatbox Ghost, it was, uh, you know, you have the three hitchhiking ghosts who are kind of, like, iconic in the ride. Hatbox Ghost was supposed to be one of those iconic spirits in the ride, uh, but the 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 gimmick that they used for the character just wasn't working. Yeah. Like, they could not make it work. Um, I think this was originally back in the 60s. Um uh, and, you know, they, they tried different things over the years and just could not get it to work. Now, with today's modern technology, you know, they can use, you know, different projections and they can use screen, you know, like video screens and stuff, stuff they didn't have even 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and now Hatbox Ghost is a, is a great uh, attraction. Like, it's it's actually right after the Skeletal Bride. Um, and it looks looks great. And now... That was right after the ballroom. Pretty sure you go up into the attic and you see the skeletal bride, and then just just beyond her is the hatbox ghost. Hmm. I could be wrong. I could as well. Yeah, we were just there a couple of years ago, but you see how well how good our memories yeah. are. Um. Anyway, so I will say we've we've I, I think we've mentioned this on the show before, but um. It's been a long time since I think either of us, I, I'm not sure about you, but since we've seen the Haunted Mansion the way that it's supposed to be, because we always go around Halloween. Yeah. And for Halloween, they do the Nightmare Before Christmas. And I'm with I'm with Ryan Gosling on this one. Wait till Christmas to do the Nightmare Before Christmas. It's Halloween. Leave it spooky. Yeah. Well, it's like I've, I've made my position clear, I think, at this point that Nightmare Before Christmas is a, is a Christmas movie. That's that's I first I stand firm on that. It takes place the day after Halloween through Christmas. These, is a, don't, the the views and opinions of Skeletoni do not represent the Great Plot Podcast. Ah. Well, it's like if if it's a Halloween movie, it would take place on Halloween. It doesn't. It takes place. It starts the but day. It takes place at, in Halloween Town, but it's not Halloween. No, but they're making Christmas into their own Halloween version of it. It's Christmas. It's both. <sighs> Anyway, it's Chris like it's all Christmas themed. Garland, wreaths, right. You know, Christmas decorations. Why are you doing that in October? Exactly. <laughs> I 
I don't. I hate it. Like I, I honestly, I wouldn't even want to see it at Christmas time. I just want the ride to be what it is because mm-hmm. that's the ride that I enjoy. They don't do it on any of the rides. They only do it on Haunted Mansion. Yeah. I mean, they do other like, you know, Halloween themed stuff around the park, but I don't know if, of any other ride that gets completely reskinned like that. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know why they do it. I get, like I said, I get it for Christmas. It makes total sense for Christmas. I guess. I don't, I don't want to see rides read. Well, not redone because they're doing, redoing a lot of rides. Um, I don't want to see it. Like a, like a new theme. Yeah. Like a, it's a temporary theme. Yeah, It's like, I go on the ride because it has something I want to see the ride. I like. It's like it's like new Coke. It's like it's like I liked Coke. Why do I want to drink new Coke? Right. Um, anyway, but you know, uh, while I have several favorites in Disneyland, Haunted Mansion has always been my absolute favorite. And to be so disappointed by that <laughs> Eddie Murphy movie, I really hope that this is not shit. Although with Kate Dippold working on it, I'm not super excited right give us the gdt version right i don't know whatever happened to that but it, i mean it's gdt dude's got 40 different projects going at once well sure at all times and like he's like hey i wrote this really good Hunter mansion movie and they're like okay when can you make it and he's like 2045 probably i think i'll be ready i have a <laughs> i have a three month opening in about 20 years <laughs> let me look at my schedule here uh, but yeah, I, I haven't seen bad hair. I hear I've not seen things. bad hair. I, I, yeah, I've heard, I've heard good things as well. Yeah. I mean, not just because it's a good movie, but it, apparently it's very empowering for the black community too. Man, I, I, I don't really know the story or anything, but that makes sense with, with Justin Simeon being from dear white people. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that being a, uh, is it technically, I mean, it's like. So the Haunted Mansion, it's like a southern plantation-style house. New Orleans, yeah. Yeah, it's in New Orleans Square. Yeah. But I don't think they ever said it specifically that the house is supposed to be in New Orleans. Oh, or, that's kind of the impression I got. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, that that's a safe assumption. And I know that the Eddie Murphy movie took place in Louisiana. I don't think it was in New Orleans or in the New Orleans area necessarily, but like, you know, the bayou. Yeah. Um, so it would make sense that even this new movie would center around black characters. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, having a black director, it should be a black story. Sure. <laughs> um, anyway, neat. We'll see. We will see. Let me take control. Close your eyes, my son. My eyes are closed. All right, so uh, the Snoop Dizzle is all up in this hizzle for shizzle. He does a thing. That's a, that's, 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 that's a thing he does. Yeah. <laughs> um, he is joining the Netflix vampire film Day Shift. Day Shift, starring Jamie Foxx, features a uh, hardworking blue-collar dad who just wants to provide a good life for his quick-witted daughter, but his mundane San Fernando Valley pool-cleaning job is a front for his real source of income, 
hunting and killing vampires as part of an international union of vampire hunters. That is elaborate. <laughs> um, the cast uh, includes Scott Adkins. Um, he was in Doctor Strange and Vigilante. I'm trying to think of something you might that he like actually starred in, but I think he was like in one of the Bloodsport <laughs> sequels. Um, I've seen people um, proposing him as Johnny Cage. I could see that, but he's a little. Have you watched old. Mortal Kombat? Yeah. No. Yep. No. Oh, trying to trying to watch it maybe next weekend. Maybe you get some drinkies. We can do that. All right. Like vir- did, virtually, or like, did you want to come over? I'll come over. All right. And as Goda said, he wants to watch it with us. So he wants to do like a watch party thing. Okay. He said he was watch waiting to watch it with us. Okay. Yeah, I, I watched it because I wasn't working. And I'm just like, I need something to watch. And he, it's out. So. He was in Undisputed 1, 2, and 3. And, uh, oh, he was in that Ninja movie. Ninja actually. Ninja 2 and Ninja. Yeah, Ninja. I've only, I've only seen the first one. It actually wasn't that bad. And Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. Oh, well. There's his accolade right there. Uh, I've seen a lot of people... Looks like he's doing done a lot of stuff with Dolph Lundgren and or Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> that tracks. Yeah, he, he is a martial artist by trade. Um, and he does he's mostly a stunt actor before he got into kind of leading roles. Um but uh There's also a big push for the Miz to be Johnny Cage. Yeah, I saw that. The one that I can get behind, fucking Ryan Ryan Reynolds. That's not bad. I don't think he'll do it. No. He's a little too He's too big. Yeah. But that, I think, is perfect. I think he is perf- the perfect person to play Johnny Cage. Just the smart-ass yeah, character. Yeah, he's definitely got the, the manner or the personality. Yeah, but, you know, something that Mortal Kombat, I mean, I won't get into the plot or reveal anything to you, but something that Mortal Kombat had to its credit that, it, that the, the original one from 95 didn't, a lot of actual martial, martial artists... Mm. In this one. So that was that was nice. Okay. So, um, yeah. So it stars uh, Scott Adkins, the trash panda Dave Franco. <laughs> that, Still to date, my favorite thing we've done on this oh, show. most definitely. <laughs> Let me look at your garbage. <laughs> Get out of here, Dave Franco. Ah. Uh, Megan Good from Saw 5 and The Un- the Unborn. She's been in other more notable things, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, Carla Souza from Jacob- Jacob's Ladder. And Eric Lange from, or Lang, I don't know, from Lost. And, and Zion Broadnax. Of nothing. Yeah, don't know that bitch. Um... Megan Good was in Stomp the Yard. Uh, oh, yeah, her. Okay. Uh, I know it's like a, I know her face, but I can't. She's in Friday. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> she, was, she was in. Uh... Eh, doesn't matter. Um, okay. 
Uh, J.J. Perry, known for his work as second unit director and stunt coordinator for The Fate of the Furious. Oh, Zion Brodnax is uh, a, a, a child. Oh, so I probably shouldn't call her a bitch. <laughs> and, like, I always said bitch because I say bitch when I'm talking about guys because it's funny. And the only people I've ever seen that have been named Zion have been males. So, yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's why she doesn't really have any notable credits. Got it. Uh, yeah, so J.J. Perry is second unit director and stunt coordinator for Fate of the Furious, Bloodshot, and John Wick movies, is going to be directing uh, based on a script initially discovered at a screenplay competition. All right. It's kind of cool. Yeah, good for them. Imagine you just enter some random screenplay competition, then your movie gets made with Jamie Foxx. Yeah. There's a... Um, and the D-O-double-G. <laughs> uh, there is a... I think it's currently going on because it's a three-stage thing that takes place over several months. It's a New York screenwriting competition. I'm like, I saw just a random sponsored ad on like Facebook or something. I'm like, that sounds fun. But then like, I was looking at all the due dates. And I'm like, oh, those are right around the time mm-hmm. my son is going to be born. <laughs> so that's not going to work. Yeah, probably not. Um. Yes. Uh, so yeah, it was written by Tyler Tice, uh, and it was revised by Shea Hatton. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see how Snoop Dogg fits into this, but yeah, it's like the <laughs> the headline is Snoop Dogg joins this cast, and then he's never mentioned again, right? <laughs> or, or Jamie Foxx for that matter. I mean, well, I guess it does explain his character, but uh, looks like Jay Hatton is a writer for John Wick Three and Army of the Dead. Okay. Can, okay. Can we talk about Army of the Dead real quick? Sure. Am I the only one that thinks it looks really bad? No. Okay. But I see people, you know, people are on this uh, Justice League hype train. Yeah. Um, I watched it. I, I watched the Snyder Cut. Um, it's very long. It's better than the original, but only because it has more stuff in it. <laughs> if you were to make it a normal film length, it still wouldn't be good. <laughs> um. And yeah, people are just, they think it's the greatest thing since fucking sliced bread. It's still not good. Um, yeah, like better does not mean good. Sure. Yeah, better is relative. <laughs> um, and uh, I think a lot of that is rolling over into Army of the Dead. It's like fucking Zack Snyder. Hell yeah. It's like, no, this looks like dog shit. It's like it looks like World War Z with a with a comedic twist to it. Yeah, and it looks like there's more of like the zombies banding together and starting communities and doing stuff like that. And there's a there's like I, I think there's robot zombies. Did I read that somewhere? Christ. And there's like a there's a zombie tiger. A tiger. I don't know. Like I saw these people just gushing about it. And and I like I like Batista. I like taking the tarot. But then, like, I watched this trailer and I was like, that looks like garbage. Yeah. I like Batista because of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, Batista's great as Drax. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's a strong actor, though. I think he could probably pull off being an action star. Like, he was in what? I think it was like one of the Bourne movies or something. He had, like, I don't think he had a single line, but he was just there as muscle, you know? He was there to beat people up. That he's good at. Yeah. And he's, he's a funny guy. He's funny. And I think because he, uh, 
like I said, he's not a super strong actor in my opinion. Um, so when he plays Drax, who's so he's such an oddball because he's such a you know he has no sense of humor or he takes no sense know, of irony. Yeah, it takes yeah, no sense of irony. Takes everything so literally um, that it played well into his acting style, I guess. Um, but yeah, to see him like as a leading man, I just, no thanks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, this sounds, you know, interesting. Uh, I mean, it, it sounds almost like, like blade for the every man, like uh, blue collar blade. Sure. Yeah. Or like, you know, like a, like a Van Helsing type thing. Yeah. Um, Kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, that James Woods movie, Vampires, where there's like this international group that hunts vampires, mm-hmm. but it's all somewhat secretive. Yeah, um, I, I like his his uh, his cover, his pool pool cleaner. cleaner. <laughs> um, I it, that that alone makes me wonder if this is supposed to be like a comedy. I mean, it is Jamie Fox, but he's done so many serious roles lately. Yeah. And, you know, Snoop Dogg, it's like, how seriously can you take Snoop Dogg? Yeah, really? I mean, like, we saw Bones, and <laughs> come on. Do you, do, you, do you guys watch The Voice at all? No. Kristen watches it, I, and it's like, it's on when I'm in the room, so I... I now what am I going to do? Yeah. Like, I absorb it vicariously, I guess. Through Othmothus? <laughs> They'll do competitions and they'll always bring in some kind of coach to help them with their performance, you know, technique, you know, yada, yada. It's usually like, you know, a fairly well-known singer. This season, they had Snoop Dogg, who like, you know, as far as like putting on like a stage show, you know, being present and, you know, being something to watch. Sure. But a singer? I'm not sure how much not, he can contribute. Not really what he's known for. I mean, he does have a lot of production credits over his yeah. uh, under his belt. That's but, true. So he knows a good singer when he hears one. Yeah, but but can he coach them? Yeah, he can't say like, "Oh, you should be, you know, singing like this." Like that's not Snoop Dogg's going to be doing that. No. <laughs> it was funny seeing him interact with the with the country singers. Oh, I bet. Anyway, so yeah, day shift think worth checking out we don't see we don't appear to have any kind of release date as of right now but um fuck i'd say it could be anytime soon but netflix has a tendency to drag their feet so that's true so we'll see There's going to be a lot of seeing coming up. Yep. Uh, another thing that we will see is Adam Wingard is in talks to make another, quote, Monsterverse film, which apparently is a phrase we're using now. Is that what they're calling it? Of course, Adam Wingard just directed King or uh, Kong vs. Godzilla versus Kong. Did you watch it? No. It's all right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do you have HBO Max? Yes. Okay. Well. There's one podcast I listen to. They, 
had a whole thing about who would win a basketball game between Godzilla and Kong. <laughs> and then the Space Jam a new legacy trailer came out and King Kong is in it. They're like, I guess that answers that. <laughs> you don't see Godzilla in that trailer. How could that even be an argument? I mean, gorillas can jump and they also have arms. And hands. Yeah. They can grip things. Right. Like a like a basketball. Yeah. And also he would just be like dunk. <laughs> Godzilla, he's just got those tiny little He's got little alligator arms. But according to The Hollywood Reporter, uh, Legendary is quietly taking steps to stretch the series into one or more installments, entering early talks with Godzilla vs. Kong director Adam Wingard to return for another round of monster-on-monster action. Ooh, yeah, that hot Hot (laughs) monster-on-monster action. That's uh, MoMA. That's what MoMA stands for. (laughs) Right. You thought it was Museum of Modern Art? Nope. Monster on monster action. (laughs) Uh, Wingard is said to have been very involved in creating Godzilla vs. Kong set pieces as well as the world building for the movie's Hollow Earth plotline. Hold on. Creating set pieces? That movie was like 99% CGI. Even the sets. I mean, like he looked over the guy's shoulder and he's like, no, put that building over there. I think that's, that's building a set piece, right? If it's a, it's still a digital set piece. I mean, I but guess. But it's still a set piece. I, in a movie that's like predominantly CGI, I feel like it's like, okay, see that rubble in front of those people's feet to create dimension? Yeah. Put it, put more over there. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> I like what you're doing there. Hey, give me a credit. <laughs> give me more on the back end. That's like us with our, like... My creature effects credit? Creature effects and me with my my props department (laughs) credit. I got a creature effects credit because there was one day where my arm was in the shot. (laughs) Did they edit over that too? Probably. I can't remember if that was one of the scenes where they put CGI in. It's literally like three seconds of the movie. (laughs) Yeah. And it took us like half an hour to shoot that thing. Yeah. Uh, Wingard and Legendary have been cooking up plenty of ideas already. As of now, there is no timetable for the project because Adam Wingard, of course, has to go make Thundercats. Right. And something else. He's got something else in the works. I remember when Adam Wingard was just making little movies like You're Next. Yeah, he's like a like an up-and-coming horror director. Yeah. Like, oh, cool. And now he's like, I'm going to go make Thundercats. Right. Same with Michael Doherty, though. It's true. Michael Doherty made Godzilla. And Krampus, which was, you know, arguably a a high budget film. Yeah, I mean, not arguably, it was definitely was a high budget film. <laughs> uh, what's the other thing he's got coming out? Did he have something else? I, I thought he had another movie that he was like in, in talks or something else he was going to work on. Oh, he was going to make um uh uh like a TV series for the guest. There was that, but no, there was, it was another movie. Oh, then I don't know. Blah, 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 blah. All right. I think you're making things up. He's making this up. It's possible. All right. So yeah, there's, there may or may not be, wait, I don't, did I say the thing about, no, I don't think I did. Uh, <laughs> in fact, one possible title being floated internally, Son of Kong. Sure. I mean, they made that movie before. Also called Diddy Kong. (laughs) 
yeah. Um, oh, yeah. He's making a face-off sequel. Was it a sequel? Well, that's a, this says sequel. Uh, I, yeah, I thought it was a remake, but this says remake. Make up your fucking mind, Variety. Get your shit together. Um, I feel like when we talked about it, it was a remake. That's, I, I'm almost certain it's a remake. A sequel wouldn't make sense. No. It's like, hey, remember when we when we switched, switched faces, faces with those guys? Let's, let's, let's do, do it again. again. <laughs> it worked so well the first time. <laughs> what if we what if we switched faces with different people? <laughs> That'd be weird, right? What if we like did people like did, that didn't know they were doing it? Hey, what if what if we had a face off with a black guy? <laughs> I think people will notice. <laughs> it's got like a white face on a black body. Like the hands are still the regular color. <laughs> um, yeah. Wingard. Did you read all of this? Or? Yep. Okay. You did? Yep. Okay. Adam Wingardium Leviosa. What? That's a Harry Potter gimmick. I don't know. Mm, we don't do that. We don't do that on here. It's, mm, mm, no. <laughs> Again, I absorb these things through osmosis when, <laughs> when she watches them every other week. Really? No, but she watches. Well, I mean, I know you're being, you're exaggerating, but she watches like a lot. Yeah. That's unfortunate. She was like, can I buy all the Harry Potters on your Google account? And I was like, I wish you wouldn't. <laughs> Yeah, Kristen has them all, or at least most of them, on Blu-ray. Um, she has all the books. She has like all the additional books. She has those two movies they made that was like based on a book in in the book or something. The Fantastic, Fantastic Beasts. Beast. That's that's the one that she watches like monthly. Jesus Christ! Like I, you know. For kids, sure. Harry Potter, great, whatever. But for grown adults, I just don't understand it. Also, fuck J.K. Rowling. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Since, uh, you know, she, like, hates trans people. And that's, that's, not, that's not okay. Yeah. And I love all of like the really devout like Harry Potter fans that are like, oh, well, she didn't mean it that way. And then she like doubles down on it. And like, uh, well, I still think she didn't mean it that way. <laughs> I love that like Stephen King said like something positive about her. I don't remember what it was, but then mm. people were like, are you like supporting her? And he's like, trans women are women. And it was like J.K. Rowling blocked Stephen King. <laughs> Um, it was most disappointing seeing the actors from the movies trying to come out and defend her. It's like, no, no. Yeah. Didn't uh, Radcliffe, didn't he like say, I, you know, I don't support that at all. Yeah. He, I think it was him. I know Rupert Grant did too. Did he? Yeah. Which I don't know how Rupert Grant is not a character name. I don't know how that's a real person. Right. (laughs) The first time I heard it, I'm like, I thought that was his character's name. Right. It's like, no, he plays Ron Weasley. Weasley. Like, I don't know which one's the real name. Yeah, no. Th- those sound like they're the opposite. <laughs> He's in the... Uh, do you guys have Apple TV? Yeah. Or if you watch that... Uh, 
Shit, I can't remember what it's called. Observant? No. We've watched almost nothing on Apple TV. Oh. We've watched Ted Lasso, and that's it. I, I don't know how interested you'd be in it, but it's totally off subject. For All Mankind, it's it's an interesting show. All right. I want to watch the um, the Rob McElhinney show on there before, before season two comes out. Yeah, I, I need, I'm, I'm almost done with Vikings, and I think I'll probably watch that next. Have you watched Ted Lasso? Yes. It's incredible. It's so good. Fucking Bill Lawrence, man. He's, he's great. He's a great guy. He's an icon. Yeah. Just, he's the greatest storyteller of our generation, and he's our <laughs> hero. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to make a great show like Scrubs and make it good for eight seasons, uh, and then, you know, recapture that and make a show like Ted Lasso, which is nothing like Scrubs. No. But still so good. Like, at this point, I'm like, I need to watch Cougar Town. Fuck it. If it's Bill Lawrence, <laughs> yeah, put it in my veins. I don't care. Also, he's hilarious on Fake Doctors Real Friends. He is. Five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> I love, oh, oh I love, yeah. I love Braff just being like, no, no, turn <laughs> it off. <laughs> like, like how it's just like us. You know, we record the show and then we do all the do all the post afterwards, like put music in and stuff. Yeah. And I know that's how they operate their show too. So <laughs> the producer is just sitting there like, oh, there's my cue. <laughs> DJ Daniel is the producer. Uh Okay, um, that's enough of, of everything. Yeah, that's that's it for our business, guys. We made it, and just an hour and twenty minutes in. <laughs> no big deal. This is gonna be a long one. That's what she said. Hey, hey, <laughs> All right. Um, Who so, had that song? Was it the Dwarves? Had the song that starts? Well, Frank looks like another one of those long, hard ones. I don't even know who the Dwarves are. You know the Dwarves? I don't think so. Could be the Queers too. Mm. Uh, how about that? That Could was, it be that? That's disgusting. All right, guys. Let's keep this train rolling. Do some film reviews. Okay, muchachos. Y muchachas. Si. Uh, we've got... Two Mexican-made films, uh, yeah, for our salute to Mexican horror. Our what? Salute to Mexican horror. Oh, sorry, salute. You have to do the gimmick. There's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have we are the flesh and we are who we are. Just movies about being stuff. <laughs> about we being <laughs> or something. Taylor. Which one are you going to start with? Uh, let's start with We Are the Flesh.
Es el criminal más grande que ha pisado la tierra. Remember last time when I was like, are you sure? <laughs> um, so I I knew very little about this movie going into it. Uh-huh. So that's that's my cover. Um, <laughs> this is uh, directed by Emiliano Roca Min- Minter, I'm guessing. Uh, also known as Tenemos la Carne, which literally translated is We Are the Meat. Yep. <laughs> um, delicious meat. Delicious. Their meat is delicious. <laughs> uh, so this movie centers on it's it's a tiny tiny cast. Uh, we open up. And we're in. I guess this. Hang on. Back up. This is from 2016. We have a five year. Uh, moratorium on spoilers. It's 2021. I don't know when this exactly came out, but I'm I'm calling it. Let's round up. Spoilers ahead. So both these movies, we're gonna spoil them. So if you haven't seen them, spoil it. Either either go or you're gonna spoil them like meat. <laughs> either go watch them or don't care. Those are your two options. Although either way, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're introduced to this man named Mariano. He he's very disheveled. He's got like a great big bushy beard. And in, by the way that he's living, it's clear that there's something has happened. There's some kind of apocalypse or something has has wiped out humanity and we're at Mad Max times. Yeah, he's yeah, he's very dirty. I mean, he looks like a homeless man. Yeah, and he's like making food in a trash can and um he gets very excited about gas. He, he's making fuel. He did. He didn't make the fuel. Okay, yeah. I wasn't. He made. He, he takes old, rotten bread rolls, which is it's like hard to tell exactly what they are at first. Okay, I thought I thought it was like chicken. No, yeah, it's old old bread rolls. He mixes it with water, turns them into mush, and then he wraps them up to let them ferment. And then he, yeah, through through science, makes uh, through osmosis. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's. I also couldn't see fucking shit in the beginning of this movie. It's so dark. Oh, yeah. And we got the glare coming in from the window that I couldn't see anything. Yeah. It's really hard for me to tell this what's laptop, going on. I, luckily, I was watching this at night because this laptop has got a super glossy screen. So if I'm like, I was watching the second movie today or this morning, all the sun coming in, all the windows, and I couldn't see dick. Yeah. Um, That's the way I was with this one. Anyway. Anyway, so yeah, he's so he's making fuel, and he he gets very excited when he you know figures out that he's made fuel, and there's a, a, like a slot at the bottom of the, one of the walls in this building that he's staying in, and he sends things f- through the w- wall and gets things back. So like he starts packaging up the gas, and he sends it, and it gets eggs back. It's a bartering system. Yeah, and we never really find out who's on the other side. 
which is weird because yeah. like everything else is everything else in this is somewhat explained except for that somewhat <laughs> somewhat um, so one day these two kids uh fauna and Lucio, lucio two siblings brother and sister they find their way into mariano's home which like i said is, is this abandoned building and they're looking for food and shelter and mariano basically says all right you can you can stay here and i'll give you eggs and and meat every once in a while boiled but, meat <laughs> mm, delicious but basically you have to do whatever i say and they're like hey, all right, good enough <laughs> uh so he starts out by having them start building up something in the home you just see they're like taping up everything's taped they don't have tools they don't have any you know screws or nails or anything like that just all packing tape just all packing tape not even duct tape yeah i mean pack you know duct tape you can do anything with duct tape oh yeah it's like the the man's number one tool right packing tape is like farther on the list it's like number 12 or something yeah packing tape's like really good on like cardboard <laughs> right for packing for you know packing <laughs> Yeah, they start making some kind of structure and they're just packing taping all these little pieces together. And they don't really explain what it is or why. It's just like this tunnel system. But yeah, they start putting pieces of cardboard down over the top of it and eventually it just becomes this like cave. Yeah. Uh, and um, Mariano, he, he gets them separated and he starts you know trying to kind of influence them and talk about you know, what they're doing with their life and stuff. And uh, Fauna kind of, you know, kind of buys into it. But Lucio's just like, this guy is crazy. We need to leave. Because he's like, hey, don't you want to fuck your sister? <laughs> and he's like, uh, and Lucio's like, no. It's like, you know, I never thought about it, but no. no. <laughs> <laughs> now that you mention it, no, I don't. That's my sister. Yeah. And gross. But then, like, with Fonny, he's just like, don't you want to live your life the way that you want to live it and not have to be tied down and stuff? And it's a bit much more, like, kind of, you know, freewheeling and open and stuff. Whereas with Lucho, just like, you should fuck your sister. Yeah. <laughs> it's much more specific. She wants it so bad. <laughs> um, he's like, I don't want to do that. That's weird. Oh, Mariano also does these, like, random drugs. I assume they're drugs. He just has all these, like, tinctures that he's constantly taking. Yeah. Yeah, like little glass bottles with eyedroppers and... Yeah, and he's just dropping them into his mouth. They never really explain what they are or what they do. Uh, but so one night, once they finally get all the cave built and stuff, Mariano's just like, all right, so like I said, you got to do whatever I want, so now you got to fuck your sister. And this and is so... This is such a weird sequence of events. Yeah. There, there's not as much pushback as you'd think there would be. Right? Um, Mariano's just like, hey, take off your clothes. It, yeah, it makes him wear these like bunny suits, like Tyvek yeah. bunny suits. And then he's like, all right, strip down. He's like, all right, now take off her clothes. And then he just like starts making for Lucha. He goes, look at your stupid, ugly dick. <laughs> and he's like... Look at your sister. She's naked right now, and you can't even get hard. And he starts slapping his he dick around. His d- it's like, what is happening? By the way, they show this and wait for it. Um, <laughs> and then he's like, hey, this guy's not even hard. You should suck him off until he gets hard. Yep. And Fauna is like, 
yeah, that seems legit. It sounds like a great idea. And uh, they show that too. Yeah, they do. Uh, and then they bang, and they show that. Yep. And then uh, Mariano he, he pulls his rotten little pecker out, and he starts beating it. And they show that. <laughs> yeah, and he's just like ranting and raving about nothing. God knows what. Yeah, nothing. He's just like babbling. Like like stuff that like on the surface looks like you know, it sounds like some kind of like philosophical musings. It's not. It's absolute com- complete fucking nonsense. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention he tried to poison him. Oh right. Because yeah. they, they stole one of his tinctures and he he found out, so he poisons Fauna. Um and you know, he he says the only way I'll save your life because Lucio doesn't eat meat. He says, the only way I'll save her life is if you finish that steak. Eat your milk steak. Yeah. <laughs> milk steak with a side of jelly beans. <laughs> Was it over hard, though? <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, and then Mariano, while he's watching these two siblings have sex, he masturbates himself to death. Yeah, he's just like, bleep. Uh. <laughs> Like, um, I, I think he's, I think he's rubbing a fake dick because it, it, it comes, like it just little, little, little spoojums comes out, uh, and then he gets keeled over. It's like the funniest part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, and Lucio texts me. He's just like, yeah, he's dead, and uh, Fauna does not take this well. Uh, oh man, and this is where it really gets bad. Uh. Fauna just starts like she's she's now into Lucio. Yeah. She she wants to bang all the time. Uh she also drips her period blood in his mouth. Yeah, and he's like he's like sleeping and she wakes him up and she's like, How much do you love me? And he's like, Oh, you know, I love you a lot. Whatever. The normal amount. Leave, leave me alone. <laughs> and so then she just like takes off her underwear and just drips in his mouth. Yeah, and she like drops him next to his face so you can see what's about to happen. Yeah. Because it's all red. Yeah. It's like you do do. There's some things that only a certain type of man wants. One of those and things. I'm is, not that man. One of those things is red wings. And uh, yeah, not into that. Yeah. Especially, especially when it's your sister. <laughs> not like, not like, like sexy stepsister fantasy porn. This is his blood sister. Yeah. And it's not sexy. No. Um, yeah. And then she like, she goes in and she finds Mariano's corpse and she like rubs one out on top of his corpse and then takes a piss in the hallway. While she's just ranting. Like, while she's just ranting. Yeah. About death and the sun or something or whatever. Um, so just bizarre. Uh, and then all of a sudden, there's just this like lightning storm inside this cardboard cave, as you do. And and she goes to check on his body, and his body is gone. And then it just it kind of comes out of the wall, right? Is that where it came from? I didn't really know where it came from because again, it was too dark. I couldn't really tell what was going on. But his 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 body, yeah, yeah, he just kind of squirts out of somewhere. Yeah, out of somewhere, <laughs> and he's just all covered in in icky goop. And but now he's all clean shaven and buff. Um, but but he's alive again somehow. 
It seems a little less crazy, too. I don't know if that was just perception or what, but... I think he's a different kind of crazy. I don't know if I'd say less. Yeah. He's not quite as, like, rambling. He's much more kind of methodic now. Yeah. But, I mean, this is a very a very clear, like... Like, uh, Messiah rebirth yeah. thing. But it's like, it's some crazy guy that made you fuck your sister. I mean, that's who you're going to believe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then, so he, like all of a sudden these other random people just start showing up. Like he just shows up with this other guy. Um, and Lucio is shown with like a bullet hole in his head. They don't show us any of how this happened. Yeah. The guy was wearing fatigues. So, and he was talking about being a soldier. So, right. So he's a soldier of some sort. Yeah. But how he got into the cave and like how, you know, why Lucio got shot in the head. Yeah. I mean, you just have to assume the guy shot him. Yeah. Like they were, but it's not a, I don't know if they went out and were trying to kidnap him or something and he shot him or no. what exactly happened, but they, they bring him back into this cave. Um, Mariano puts one of his tinctures into the bullet hole. Yep. That was, that was hard to watch. Oh, this, a lot of this is hard to watch. <laughs> Um, yeah, pretty much all of this whole thing was so yeah, like, hard like that was the moment, man. Where <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck? Not the part where the guy flexes his sister. <laughs> no, and then they show all of it. Show, uh, show all of it. The, yeah, they also show just a the, just the, there's a, there's two crotches. They just show two crotches one by one. First, uh, Fauna's crotch, and then uh, Lucio's crotch. And it's like, and so it's just like, here's an extreme close up of a vagina, everybody. Oh, here's an extreme close up of a limp dick and balls, everybody. Yeah, except like for like a minute each. Yeah. And you know, like vaginas are mostly just stationary, they don't do much. <laughs> yeah. You can see the balls like palpitating. Well, like, yeah. Well, you know, like guys know, yeah, your, your balls will shrink and expand, like depending on the temperature, usually. Yeah. But if you're aroused, they tend to shrink. There's a little sex ed for you, <laughs> but that's that's what's happening. Like the his fucking ball skin is constricting, and it's just like you're just watching it like like undulate and shrink up, and it's just like why for a long time? It's like I don't want to watch my own balls do that. <laughs> why would I want to watch him? I also don't want to just look at a vagina for an extended period of time. Like it's not doing anything. Yeah. Like if yeah if, if something's gonna happen then that's one thing but right if I'm just staring at it what's what's the point yeah um where was I oh so they bring this guy back in uh Mariano's able to to heal Lucio with this tincture or whatever uh, but they slit this guy's throat drain his blood and then they they feed Lucio the blood and that's it. that that and along with the tincture I guess heal him. Sure, why not? He absorbed his soul. Okay. <laughs> He's absorbed his power. Uh, and then we cut to this other random girl just in there now. Presumably kidnapped, seemed like. Although she was seemed like she was there willingly because she was like, you guys have food, right? So it seemed like they... That's true. They lured her in with false promises or something. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, okay. Uh, Fauna attempts to basically rape her. Yeah, he just... just like, not even like crotch to crotch action just grinding her chest yeah and then lucio crawls in butt naked 
And he basically rapes her. I mean, like, uh, he he rapes her. <laughs> uh, while Fauna lays next to them, just feverishly masturbating. Just finger blasting like she's mad. <laughs> um, and she's and screaming. She's screaming, screaming while she's screaming. Um, both this and not, this. Not the girl, although she is kind of screaming. But no, Fauna, she just, she's just, she's like pounding herself demonic, yeah. and screaming. And both this and the scene when Lucio and Fauna first have sex, they both have these weird camera effects. Like the first time it does like a um, infrared kind of thing, like a heat heat map. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, it stays on that for quite a while. And th- then this one does kind of like, it old, almost looks like the old school blue and red 3D kind of image. And the image gets kind of fuzzy and... I don't remember that. No, well, it happens. doesn't matter. Um, and then Mariano, he says, you know, today is my, my name day, which apparently is like a, a birthday. Okay. Yeah, I've never heard the phrase name day before, but... But so he's throwing this huge party, a.k.a. orgy. Um, There's a big old fuck fest. basically just a big shunting. (laughs) Um, uh, You know what it looks like? Is the party in Cable Guy. There's people (laughs) dancing around nonsensically. (laughs) Just a bunch of weird looking people. (laughs) Sean Whalen is there. (laughs) Isn't he? He's in everything. He's everywhere. Samuel L. Jackson is also there. <laughs> um, but he tells everybody, he says, you know, I want you to eat me. I want you to eat my flesh, drink my blood, flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood, RIP DMX. What up? Um, and so they do. They leave him nothing but a head with this weird, creepy Willem Dafoe smile. Yeah, he's got a weird... He was creepier without the beard. Like, yeah. With the beard, I was like, man, this dude is like a weird, creepy Luis... Uh, Luis Guzman. <laughs> and then he shaved the beard and I was like, you are even creepier now. <laughs> and Because I can see your mouth. That's what makes it so creepy. And he's like, before he is reborn or whatever, um, you know, when he's he's got long hair and he's got this scruffy beard, and he's wearing this jumpsuit and he's like, he, he, he's, he's a small guy. Like he's mm-hmm. short in stature and then he's like hunched over. So he looks like some kind of like troll. Right. And so, yeah, and like that creepy smile, it's like, you're, you're fucking up, bud. <laughs> Wish you weren't so fucking awkward, bud. <laughs> but so they have this orgy and they eat him down to his head. To the bone. To the bone. It's, it's like, uh, you know, Scorpion, where he, when he holds the head and you just see like the spinal cord hanging down. His fatality, is, they say. They do say that. <laughs> Toasty. Um. And then you see this one guy get up and he walks out of the cave and out of this building into a bustling city street. Yeah, you know, Mexico as you assume Mexico would be. Yeah, I assume <laughs> this is like Mexico City or something because it's definitely a very, um, like a downtown of a major city. Yeah. There's, you know, a guy out there selling hot dogs and cars going by. And so all the stuff we thought that this was some kind of post-apocalyptic world Nah, <laughs> and that's the end. That's how it ends. That crazy little twist. The twist has been twisted again. <laughs> you know, weird movies. When they come to an end, 
more often than not, you're like, oh, okay. This movie, no, not so much. Like, this is the second time I've seen this movie. I liked it even less. Like, I watched it the first time. Oh, my God. Um, like, I didn't really like it the first time, and I liked it less this time. Because, like, I knew a lot of... I think I watched it, like, a year ago, or, or maybe even more. Um, it was like, okay. Because I'd heard a lot of people raving about it. Yeah, that's the thing. Is I heard so much good stuff about it. But like, I didn't, like, like I said, I didn't really know anything about it. I didn't know what the plot was or anything like that. But I had heard good things. I, yeah. I had heard that, like, yes, I had heard it was fucked up. I didn't know it was this fucked up. It was a different kind of fucked up. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's probably really gory or something. Yeah, I just, I don't see the merit. Like, I don't, like, the plot was nonsense. Like, t- to try and find some deeper meaning in this is like an exercise in futility. <laughs> like, there is, like, to find something deeper in this, I think you have to make shit up. <laughs> probably, yeah. Because <laughs> honestly, like, like I said, the second time I watched it, and I'm like, okay, this movie's fucking weird. I don't like it, but there has to be some point to what I'm watching. And I sat there and I watched and I tried to find some deeper philosophical meaning to what the fuck was going on. And honestly, aside from some kind of weird messiah type thing, I got nothing. Yeah. See, my whole thing while I was watching it, um, like about halfway through and then all the way through to the end, I was like, I, I like where this was going. Like I like the, you know, it's it's a post-apocalyptic world and these two kids are looking for food and shelter and this guy kind of manipulates that to his advantage. Mm-hmm. But then where it went with that just seemed like this is, we're just going to go for shock value. It doesn't matter how this affects the story at all. We're just going to do some fucked up shit. Yeah. It's like, what purpose does having this guy fuck his sister serve? Right. Like, I don't understand. Like I said, it's, it's just purely shock value, especially when you show all of it, Dennis Reynolds style. <laughs> Um, Luckily, no assholes. You don't see any assholes. You, which you, is you good. do see a hint of one when it's like the close up of the vagina. That's true. You do see like just the little tiny balloon knot. Um, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, but yeah, you just see ass cheeks. Yeah, mostly. Um, but yeah, and then like like things like just a close up of a vagina and then a close up of a, a limp dick and balls for. <laughs> who likes that? <laughs> um, just nuts and butts. <laughs> and it's just like, what is the, what does that serve? What is, how is this furthering the story? And it's there, there was a good story going in my opinion. I liked where it was going and the, the guy was, was significantly creepy or sufficiently creepy, I guess is what I was looking for. Well, he was, significantly. he was significantly sufficiently creepy. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then it just seemed like it was just like, all right, now we're just going to throw some shit at the wall because we got to fill the next half hour. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then I like the twist at the end, but then I'm like, what's with the girl who came in and was like, you guys have food, right? I mean, is she homeless and that's the, the deal? Or because she, she kind of led to the idea that it was a post-apocalyptic world. Yeah. But she she looked like she didn't look homeless. She had like a nice jacket on and stuff. But I, I mean, like I said, it doesn't mean anything. But yeah could be her first day of homelessness <laughs> she could be newly homeless 
Um, there's yeah. A, there's a comedian. I don't remember who it was. But he had a bit about that. He like, I want to say he was like waiting for someone in the lobby of their building and he like fell asleep on the couch that they had. And they were like, hey, no, no homeless in here. And he's like, do I look homeless? <laughs> he's like, I just realized it could be my first day of homelessness. <laughs> um, Make up your mind, dog. I don't understand why she keeps letting her out. <laughs> she probably starts whining. What? <laughs> but yeah, I, I liked the story, but then it just, it just, and it's not like I'm, you know, a prude and I'm like, oh, this is bothering me. Um, but it just didn't seem necessary. Yeah. I, like, like I said, it, it only seemed to provide shock value and not actually advance the story in any way. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a time and place for everything. Not incest, but, you know, <laughs> watching people do some weird sex shit, sure. You know, whatever floats your boat. But, you know, just like legit incest where you have, I mean, they're not actually related, I don't think. God, but I hope not. People playing blood relatives, fucking each other, and we're supposed to find some kind of purpose behind it. Other than some... It's like, even if your your whole point was like, oh, he's manipulating them and he's like taking them so far that they're willing to have sex with each other, you don't have to show everything. Yeah. I don't need to see some kid graphically having sex with his sister. No. Uh, yeah, I think last episode when you were saying that, you're, that we were going to watch this, I feel like I mentioned that there was like some like strain on penetration shots. Yeah, I don't remember if that was on the show or if that was afterwards, but yeah, you definitely mentioned it. Yeah, and there actually isn't. I, I thought I remembered there being at least one, but there isn't. Um, Unless least. you count penetrating her mouth. Right. And even that dick that she was sucking off looked a little fake. You know, I kind of thought that too. It's a little too veiny. <laughs> um, and yeah, but there's just so much off the wall shit that and like her like just taking a piss in the hallway and it's like why am i watching this that, that yeah also the whole time i'm like she's gonna walk in any moment she's gonna walk in any moment <laughs> yeah I, like i i was gonna watch it because i knew i wasn't gonna have time to watch both this morning like i usually do so i watched this one last night and i'm like all right well i gotta watch a movie she's like okay well you watch it on the tv like no no not, i'm good you're not gonna want to watch this because i like unlike you i knew what i was getting into <laughs> um and uh but i watched it on my laptop and like i tried to kind of like keep the screen pointed away for most of most of the time but like she like i think i stretched out on the couch and so the screen started pointing in her direction and she started looking at my laptop at the time when fauna was just furiously finger blasting herself She's like, what are you watching? I'm like, I it's the, I can't even explain it. <laughs> See, that's the proper time to have that reaction. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm like, it's not a complex plot, but it like it I don't even know how to even start explaining it. Um but yeah, no, I like you said, it's got so much shit in here that could just be there for like shock value. But honestly, I really don't see the the purpose 
why 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 do we need to watch a brother and sister fuck each other like i said even even if the point is that you know to show how manipulative he is that he's willing to get him this far it didn't have to take that long it didn't have to be that graphic you didn't have to show him jerking off to him yeah and that's the other thing it compounds when he's just standing there stroking his dick watching him it's just like you're making this extra weird yeah. I mean, like, like I said, this is making us sound like prudes, but it's, it was really just a matter of like, this isn't furthering the story in any way. Yeah, no, it's like, I like to watch fuck, fucking porn as much as the next guy, but this is weird. Yeah. <sighs> and like, honestly, it's, it serves no purpose in furthering the plot. It doesn't, uh, you know, add to this, the, not even just the story, but like what's happening on screen. It's like, what, what, why is, I, we keep saying the same thing. Why is it happening? What's the purpose? And it's just like, that, that's kind of this entire movie. Why? Yeah. Um, I honestly, I don't Why under- did he build this cave? We don't even know that. You know, that I could just chalk up to being fucking weird. Sure. But there are, there, there's a line. <laughs> yeah. There's a line that I draw. There's you know, the part where, where Fauna brings this girl home or you know, back to the, 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 the cavern. Um, this is just after Mariano has come back to life. He just passed. Oh, he, he so he he gra- he ground up that soldier's body into like goo, like just into like this chunky goo. Yeah. And then he does the same like fermentation process that he did with the bread. And then he when he's done with that, he just goes, he curls up in a corner in this cavern and takes a nap. <laughs> and the and then Fauna, Oh, and then Fauna starts talking to the camera. Did she? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, okay, yeah, she was talking to the camera, but she was talking to the girl who was beyond the camera. Oh, was she? Yeah, yeah. Because she says like the girl says, well, "Is he I Can't remember if she said if he's is he dead or is he all right or something." And like and Fauna just says, oh, he does that. Yeah. It's like, okay. okay. And then, yeah, then the whole thing where she's getting double raped by a brother and sister duo. Um, Honestly, like the orgy is the least graphic sex scene in the whole movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I can't wrap my brain around why so many people have said, so many positive things about this. Like, I mean, there's, I, I think there's a lot of positive here. I think it's a beautifully shot movie. It looks nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think the score is really good. I think it really lends to the film. Uh, I mean, the acting is good. Um, and I, like I said, I think there's, there was a decent story in here and it just got sidetracked by let's just fuck with people's heads. Yeah. I, I just, yeah, it started out with a plot that had potential to go somewhere, and then it just didn't. It got completely derailed by all this weird sex shit. Um, yeah, like when and some like half half baked like messiah story thing. It, like, like I was into it. I was enjoying where it was going, and then like the brother sister sex scene happened. I was like, oh, here's the part that Tony was talking about, and then that scene lasts like ten to fifteen minutes. And I'm just like, oh my God, 
Yeah. Why, why is it still going? And then it just, all the other stuff after that with her pissing and, and masturbating over a dead body and then dripping period blood in his face and all this stuff. And I'm just like, why is any of this happening? Yeah. It just compounds itself by getting, it's like it's, it tries to make things weirder and weirder as it goes. Like if you're trying to make a movie that's just trying to make people uncomfortable and make them sick to their, stu- sick to, sick to their stomachs, well done. <laughs> because the plot was non-existent at this point. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it just goes off the rails. It's, it was fine, and then it just, just got derailed. Anyway. You know, like I, I can't deny that this movie has an audience, but what what about it appeals to them? I genuinely have no idea. Like you said, it it shot well. The colors are very appealing and intriguing. Um, the scores is good. Um, like the incidentals are good. Uh, it's it's a little weird when. The brother and sister are fucking, and they've got like this romantic music going on in the background. <laughs> um, it's like, I mean, this is already weird, and you're making it weirder. Yeah. But, of course, that was kind of the name of the game in this movie. Yeah. So, I mean, it has its technical strong points, but mm-hmm. as far as a film with a story, it was garbage. Like, like I did. I don't see the purpose of this ever being made. Yeah. <laughs> be interesting to see it like cut in a way that takes out all of just the weird shit. I mean, it's, it's it would only be like 45 minutes long. But, yeah. If that, but then also like when the guy goes out at the end and he's, it's this normal city street and stuff. And you're like, so what the hell just happened in there? Like, how did he come back to life? How did he like, come through the walls or wherever he came from covered in goo. Like how did all the supernatural stuff happen? Yeah. Or did it even happen? Did it even happen? Maybe he was never dead. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. The end just left me with more questions. And you know, sometimes you want that, but it was just wasn't working. Yeah. Like I, I think this movie could have been done in, in a, way that would have been much more interesting yeah whatever yeah i i mean like you said there's definitely definitely an audience for it and i i think i could have been there but uh not as currently constructed right um i'm going four uh i'll give it two Like I realize that this is drastically different than a lot of like I can think of at least one of our peer podcasts who gave glowing reviews for this movie and I I don't understand. I don't know. All right. I mean it's you know a lot of times with movies like this and there's like song lyrics and stuff where it's like if I don't understand it it must be good. Yeah. <laughs> Like, no, no. It's not always the case. Won't get fooled again. Get it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next up is the 2010 hit We Are What We Are. 
papá. ¿Qué vamos a hacer? Tienes que tomar el lugar de papá. De ahora en adelante yo decidiré lo que va a ser la familia. Yo no te tengo miedo. Se verías. Pusiste en riesgo a la familia, Alfredo. Pues esto les va a pasar si se vuelven a acercar a mi familia. We are what we are. Or in the original Latin, <laughs> no. In the original Spanish, somos lo que hay. Not bad. Thank you. That's one of the things that, I, that uh, that's like the singular thing that I have maintained from my Spanish classes in high school is that I can actually still maintain a pretty good accent. <laughs> Um. Okay, so what we are, we are what we are. Is a 2010 film directed by Jorge Mi Michel Grau or Miquel Miquel or Grau? Maybe I have I no know. idea. <clears throat> uh, this was remade. We are not talking about that one. We're talking about the original. I had seen the remake. I hadn't seen this one yet. I've not seen the remake. <clears throat> uh, I don't remember it that well, but from what I do remember, it's nothing like this. That's kind of the impression that I got. Just from what I do know of the remake, what I watched today is not the same. Okay, um, so this movie starts out uh, with what appears to be a homeless man. <laughs> I mean, you have to assume. Yeah, I mean, he looks very like vagabond. Yeah. Uh, he's he's walking down this shopping like a like a sidewalk, with like all, an outdoor shopping center. Yeah, um, and he's very neurotic. Like he's just like manic. Yeah, he looks like he's panicking about something. He's just like muttering under his breath. Um, and he keeps going up to this one store's window. That has women's clothes on display. And I don't know, he seems very like focused on these. He's very interested in the mannequins. Yeah. 
He's you know, like pointing at him, like touching the the glass. Yeah, you know, somebody from the store comes outside, tells him to fuck off, and so he, after hanging around for a little bit longer, he, you know, goes along his way, and then he just starts to kind of collapse, and like he's holding his chest. You think maybe he's having some kind of heart attack, but then he starts throwing up this black yeah. goo. It's just like, okay, well, this is not the movie I was expecting. <laughs> like, because, you know, when somebody throws up black goo, you kind of think there's like maybe something supernatural going on. Right. Um, which is not the movie I was expecting. Um, so, yeah, he's throwing up this black goo and then he just keels over. And dies, dies, dies. <laughs> dies. Uh, and in this we like nobody seems to be paying him any mind. It's like he's walking down a New York sidewalk. Dude, there's like he dies, and then within seconds, these cleaner dudes come up, carry away his body, clean up the puke and the the piss because he pissed himself, and then they walk, and then you just see people just start walking like down no, down the like sidewalk nothing like nothing happened. just happened. It was seriously so quick and just like so thorough that it was just like, does this happen a lot? Um, yeah, like I thought maybe it was like some kind of like, uh, like cover up thing. Yeah. I almost thought it was like a men in black kind of thing. <laughs> Hold on. I gotta... Um, okay. So anyway, the old man dies and I think from there we go to this house which is more like a, I don't know, it's, it's hard to even call it a house because it looks like it's just like a sh- a living quarters, or like a makeshift living quarters and like a warehouse. Yeah, it almost looks like um, like the Buckets residence from Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Um, the mother, this mother, uh, Patricia, was that her name? Yes. Um, she comes in and wakes up her son... Alfredo or Julian. I can't remember which one it was. Alfredo was like the more responsible one. Yeah, but I I can't remember which one she woke up. I don't remember either. She wakes up one of her two sons, uh, which is like Taylor said, Alfredo and Julian. um, And says, your father's not home or your father didn't come home. We need to open up. Doesn't say what we need to open up, but we need to open something up. Um, and over the course of the next few minutes, we see the entire family. We see Patricia, Julian, Alfredo, and the sister Sabina. Sabina. Uh, this entire. Did you ever listen to Bloodhound Gang's album Bad Habit? No, not all the way through. I mean, I know a few of the songs, but okay. Um, there's a, like a hidden track at the end of it. Where is it the end or maybe I don't know, somewhere on the album, the lead singer, Jimmy Pop, is that his name? I think so. Sounds right. He's calling his mom. It, it, it's like a recorded phone call. It's like, hello. Hello, mother. It's like, oh hi, Jim. It's like, I need a word that rhymes with vagina. <laughs> and she's like trying to she's actually trying to help him out. And he's like, uh, what about that teenage witch, Sabina? 
And so, like, every time they said Sabina, like, I just, or like, I saw it on the screen, I immediately thought of that. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, Alfredo is the, the eldest, uh, Julian is the younger brother, and then Sabina is presumably the youngest of the, of the siblings. Um, we've at this point put together that the old man was their father. He's dead. So whatever he, they needed him to do, he's not going to be doing today. Um, we find out that they run some kind of watch repair mm. company. At like a local marketplace. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird. It's like a street market. Yeah. But Which they, seems like a weird place for a watch repair. Yeah. Uh, but they appear to hear, they appear to have clientele. So good for them. Yeah, this one guy comes up and he's like, you know, where, where's my watch? Your dad said he, he would have it last week. And then uh, Alfredo's like looking through folders or something and uh, Julian beats the shit out of this guy. Yeah, Julian <laughs> seems to have a very bad attitude problem. He's got a very short fuse. Uh, yeah, he's, he's very quick to just start kicking the shit out of people. I, the guy, I think he says like, you know, what are you looking at or something? Yeah. And Julian just like shoves him and then runs out from behind the little desk and just starts beating the shit out right. of him. And then uh, the, the, the operator of this street market comes up to their little stand and says, you're three weeks behind on rent or, you know, be paying me for your spot, presumably. Uh, it says, you know, your deadbeat dad was supposed to pay me and didn't. Um, so, you know, pack up and get the fuck out of here. Then Julian like stands up to beat the shit out of this woman. Who's <laughs> she's a, like, fucking bring it. Yeah. She's a very, uh, w- thickly built woman. <laughs> uh, a brick shit house, you might say. Uh, she's like, yeah, just, tr- just fucking try it, bud. Uh, cause Julian, well, he may like to scrap. He's a tiny little I'd have scrap. Hmm? I'd have scrap. I don't know where we're having a scrap right now. Um, Tony, have a scrap? <laughs> I don't have a scrap. Uh, where we go from here? So, yeah, they come home with their tails between their legs. Patricia's like, what are you doing here? Like, well, they kicked us out of the market because dad didn't pay rent. Um, I can't remember exactly how they find out, but they discover that the dad is dead. Uh, Sabina just shows up and, and she's like, she said, someone died at the mall today. The man who looks at mannequins and then she starts crying and she's like, dad, dad is dead. Okay. I, I guess I didn't really absorb. I remember that, but I didn't really absorb it, I guess. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how she found out, but she, she delivers the news to the rest of the family. Got it. So they know their dad is dead, um, and we know that they are in dire straits now because apparently their dad was the one who uh, brought them food. But what we don't know right off the bat is that they are cannibals. So food is people. It's funny because uh, the mom talks about you know I, your dad. He he loved his whores. Your dad was always messing with whores, and it's the whores that killed him. And you think that she's talking about like a, a VD or something. Yeah, putas. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's because he was eating them. Right. Eating them. And you find this out because they go to the morgue and Tito, 
<laughs> mortician. Yeah, from Kronos, which, like, this is not... Like, Wikipedia says this is a standalone sequel to Kronos. Kronos, like, this has nothing... To, like, GDT had nothing to do with this movie. There's no other characters from Kronos in this. Only Tito the Mortician. Yeah, and it doesn't... Like, nothing about this feels like a sequel to Kronos. No. Aside from... <clears throat> Like these people are just just straight up cannibals. There's not, the, you know, the the machine, whatever it was in Kronos. There's there's no mention of that. There's no mention of like vampires or drinking blood. They're yeah. just normal people who eat normal people. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's funny. I was watching this, and we must have been watching it at the same time or something, because I was watching this, and <clears throat> Tito came on screen, and his boss was telling him what an artist he was. I'm like, this seems very familiar. <laughs> Like I'm sitting there trying to think of where the hell I've seen this before. Like, have I seen this movie? Then I remembered. Oh no, this is from Kronos. That's weird. Yeah, almost the exact same scene. It, Kronos, a movie from almost ten years earlier. Um. Anyway, yeah, he's he's basically yeah, fixing up. What was the? Did the dad have a name? Nope, just I don't dad. Think so, uh, he's fixing up the old man. Uh, and then he says, uh. Well, don't do too much work on him because we're cremating him. It's like you didn't—you couldn't fucking tell me that earlier. <laughs> uh, so the cops come because you know when a guy just keels over on the sidewalk, the, te- the cops tend to get involved. I think they called the cops. Did they? I think so. Okay. Well, that would make more sense because they did find an entire finger in his stomach. Yep. Now a woman's finger. All done up with like fancy nails and stuff. Yeah, didn't ever did ever ring on it too, or am I? I don't think that? so. Okay, so Who presumably did? it was a prostitute's finger. One would think, and apparently he just swallowed the whole damn thing. <laughs> apparently, who does that? It's got bones and all. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so they're like, all right, well, you know, people are eating people. Whatever it people. happens. People who eat people, yep, are the luckiest people. <laughs> you know what? Fun fact: cannibalism, in and of itself, not a crime. Is that a fact? Yep. It's just that most of the time it's attached to murder. <laughs> That's fair. So you could like say, I uh... if you just like came across a dead body and ate it. It's fine. It's nothing they can do. Like, do you have dibs on this? <laughs> you you want you want to buy it or <laughs> oh, have these? <clears throat> um. Yeah. So yeah, these two directors or two directors, two um, police officers. Yeah, these two detectives. That's what I'm trying to say. Detectives. <laughs> two two detectives show up, um, and Tito shows them this finger in a jar. And they're just like, uh, you know, whatever. Dead guy with a finger, whatever. Yeah, big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Happens all the time. Yeah. But then... Uh, they... Love on the rocks. Ain't no big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> but they get in they get it in their heads that if they solve this string of cannibalism crimes that they're finding, or I guess cannibal-related crimes, there you go. murders... That they they've come murder, across, murder. that they've come across over however much time, they're gonna make all the money. Yeah, they're gonna get rich and famous because that's how police work works. 
Um, so they start investigating the murders themselves. Um, and they, they, they tease it for a really long time of what actually is going on because, um, the, the family never talks about eating someone and they kept saying, we need something. They wouldn't say someone, they would say something. Yeah. And so, um, uh, Alfredo and Julian are like arguing about where they're going to get something. And, and Sabina just goes, why don't you just go down to the bridge? Yeah. Well, they, they talk about how they have to eat. They need food. They're, you know, they're, you're, their dad was supposed to bring home food. Yeah. It's never like really explicitly said that the food is food people. Is pe- people. Um, and they start talking about this ritual that needs to be done. Yeah. They keep talking about this ritual. They never explain the ritual. Yeah, like they don't say what it is necessarily aside from killing a person and, and eating them. Presumably eating them. But it's like are they like everyday cannibals? Like do they eat people for sustenance or is it just just during this ritual when they eat people? Yeah, like they just re- seem to refuse to eat anything else. Yeah. <laughs> so um they go to the bridge and there's like a herd of feral children. Yeah. Yeah, so they're trying to capture somebody to eat. And yeah, uh, Alfredo and Julian go and try to c- capture a child, but they get a they get chased off by the Lord of the Flies, right? <laughs> yeah, it's this weird commune of orphan children living under a bridge. Yeah, and they try to grab one, and they get chased off with from the or by the others, and get like rocks thrown thrown at them and shit. Um, and then they go and they try to or they they pick up a, a hooker. Puta, um, and Julian just lays into her, just just knocks her out and pulls her into the car. He's like, he goes to pick her up, and everything's kind of going fine. He's like, you know, hey, yeah, let's let's go home and we'll we'll have a party and stuff and get in. And then she notices Alfredo, and she's like, oh no, baby, that costs extra. Yeah, and so he just knocks her out. <laughs> um, so they bring her home and tie her down to a table. And, uh, I mean, like they, like they start like pulling up her shirt and feeling up her tits and stuff. And she's like, just don't, don't kill me. You can yeah, do whatever you want to me. Just don't kill me. She's like, you can both fuck me. Just don't <laughs> kill like, me. Okay. Um, and then Patricia comes down with a sh- shovel, I think. I assume that's what it was. That seemed to be her weapon of choice. <laughs> and just beats this girl's just face. Bashes in. her face in. They pack up the body and bring it back to the hookers, like this this gang of hookers. Yeah, because the mom's not going to eat the hookers. No, she she won't eat hookers. It's, it's forbidden. Right. So they they wrap her up in a it's not a rug, it's like sheet tarp or, a or something cloth of some kind. They drop her off over by the hookers and like the uh, Patricia's like. Uh, this is what happens when you mess with my family. Yeah, you try to fuck with my families and my, my, my sons. This is what happens to you. And then they just get back in the car and drive off. There was this part when they're on the way to drop off that body. And it, it made me laugh. I don't know if it was supposed to. But she's talking about Julian and Alfredo. And she's like, when you were kids, you used to wrap your wrap each other in oil cloth and hide under the table and say you were a taco. <laughs> like, Wait a minute, what? And she's like, and when Sabina tried to play, you would, you wouldn't let her. And you'd say, no. You're the salsa. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's like, what? <laughs> also, what's an oil cloth? I don't know. I love that story, though. <laughs> We're a taco. You're, You're the salsa. salsa. You stay on the outside. <laughs> um, so then Alfredo, um, he's kind of doing his own thing. Like, basically, there's this kind of power struggle about who's going to be the new leader of the family. And it's kind of pretty much between Alfredo and Julian, presumably because they're males. Um, and so they each want to kind of... But the mom at the same time is just like, no, no, I'm, I'm your mother. I'm in charge now. Look at me. I'm the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Meanwhile, Sabina's just like, I don't know. I'll do whatever, whoever. You just let me know. Yeah, I just want to eat. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it seemed like the... the they were kind of working under this timeline to get this ritual done. So, okay. Um, so, she, yeah, so Alfredo goes out on his own um, and he starts following this gang of gay guys. Um, he follows them for hours. Yeah, and they like they know that he's following them too. Yeah, they start like posing for him and <laughs> they follow, he follows them onto the subway, um, follows them up into the, up on the street, follows them into this club and like they apparently knew he was going to follow them because they he, paid for him. They paid for him to get into the club, <clears throat> and then he's in there drinking and dancing around with like the the leader of the gang of the group, um, who seems to be really into him. Um, and like I couldn't figure out if Alfredo was actually gay. I mean, it's not relevant, but yeah, I, I couldn't tell like if he was following them for that reason, if. Or if it was because he was following them to try and bring them home to eat them. Yeah, well, the thing is, like, he leaves the club. Well, the guy kisses him. That's right. And he he kind of freaks out and, and leaves the club. And yeah, but then he turns around and goes back. And he starts kissing the guy. But at the same time, it's like, is he kissing the guy because he's, like, dealing with some emotions that he's trying to figure out? Or is it just to fool the guy to bring him back home? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what I couldn't figure out. Because um, he brings him back home. And they're just standing there in the doorway, like making out. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, he brings him home, and like he, I guess, on the meantime, Patricia's kind of out trying to do her own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she brings home Mariano <laughs> from We Are the Flesh, who is a taxi driver in this. What? Yeah. Holy shit. You didn't recognize him? No. That fucking creepy face of his. <laughs> wow. That you just blew my mind. <laughs> uh yeah, he's a taxi driver. And Patricia gets one. I mean, up oh on. yeah, I do that on purpose. <laughs> That's why we picked these two movies. Right, yeah. It's a tie-in. <laughs> <laughs> it's our salute to that guy. <laughs> Whatever his name may be. Um so they, uh, yeah, so Patricia gets one up on him and brings him home. Or I guess, she, she fucking him in the back of the cab? That's what I thought. It was hard to tell. You see her turn around and the next thing, the camera cuts to behind the taxi and it looks like she's she's either like shaking the back seat or she's getting nailed from behind. Right. Uh, but ultimately she brings him home. And this is like where everybody's like suddenly at home together and they kind of, it's like, what's going on? <laughs> Who are we going to eat? Um, but nobody wants to eat Gustavo, the guy that 
that Alfredo brought home because he's gay. Because he's gay. Um, and then you know, the the taxi driver he he gets a shovel to the face. Yeah, he like he sees something. Like I don't know exactly what sets him off, but he like gets he gets bad vibes, so he tries to leave. And I'm wondering if it was them going, "I'm not eating this guy." Were they saying that in his? presence i believe so they were definitely saying it in gustavo's presence and he yeah. was still just kind of hanging out and he's like what yeah <laughs> at that point i'd just be like mm, no nope. like what do you mean eat <laughs> um so he tries to leave and patricia again with the shovel yeah in the face in the face uh so while so her and um sabina Start wrestling around with him, trying to keep him down. Uh, Alfredo and Julian chase after Gustavo, Gustavo. Um, who is just taken off. Um, he gets out of the building and starts running down the street. So they hop in the in the hoopty and take <laughs> off after him and um, totally lose him. And he manages to get the attention of two cops who says they're trying to eat me. And it's like you know. I'd like to think, I'd like to think that if I was a cop and somebody came up to me with some seemingly crazy sounding story, I'm like, okay, let me, let me check this out. I'm not saying you're lying, but it's, this it's, sounds a little crazy. It's quite the claim. But I'll check this out because that's my job. If somebody came up and said, they're trying to eat me, I'd be like, what? <laughs> Go away. <laughs> I'm trying to eat my was it a taco stand that you standing at? It was some kind of food truck or something, <laughs> yeah. Um but no, they they hop in the car, they they you know, call it in. It's a 14. In case you're ever wondering what a cannibal in process is. Yep. It's code 14. Code 14. The two uh directors, no. <laughs> the two detectives overhear this call. Opie and Andy or whatever the fuck their names yeah. are. Yeah. Octavio and Owen. Why not? Owen, that's a nice authentic Mexican name. <laughs> um, oh wow, <laughs> wow! <laughs> Have you ever watched a supercut of all? Of, Isn't it like ten hours long? I don't think it's that long. Oh, maybe the one I saw was a loop or something. <laughs> there was one that's like chronological. <laughs> uh, anyway. So they they go after it because this is you know where they're gonna get their fame and fortune. Um, everything everybody starts to kind of converge. Um, this is where I start to kind of lose the plot because it gets really like confusing because <laughs> everybody's just kind of all over the place. But eventually, we end up back at their home, I believe where Patricia has tied up the taxi driver, presumably to perform this ritual, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, They have some kind of like ceremonial knives. Yeah. Um, And she's cutting up the body. Um, Sabina's taking... Sucking on his thigh. Yeah, she's like... She's sucking on it or trying to take a bite out of it or something. Uh, And then... So yeah, the, the boys come back and they're like, you know, he got away. 
and but the cops have followed them there. So they raid the building. They're trying to get out, but you know the cops are shooting at them. Um, so they're on either side of a hallway. Alfredo and Patricia are on one side. Julian and Sabina, or Sabina, Sabina, Sabina. Now wait, before this, um, did I miss something? One of the detectives, I think it was Owen, he finds Alfredo and Julian outside. And the other cops see him pointing a gun at them. Yeah. And they're like, they point their guns at him. And they're like, hey, put down the gun. And he's like, fuck off. I'm a cop. Yeah. He shoots at the kids, misses, but that triggers the other cops to shoot him dead. Right. And then they go up and they pick up his badge. And the cop just goes, fuck. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> um, so now it's just Octavio. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like a Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid type situation where they're like in opposite rooms on this either side of this hallway. Patricia is telling him that we have to escape through, you know, over the the roof, the roof, and and Some, someone has to survive to do the ritual, right? Um, she's like, if we do the ritual, everything will go back to normal. Yeah. Again, we don't know what this ritual is, how it started, what it's supposed to accomplish. Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, we never find out what the ritual is. No. Um. And uh, but she seems to think if they perform this ritual, these cops will just be like, "Oh, they did the ritual; they're good to go." Right. <laughs> so they, um, you know, Patricia's basically saying that Alfredo, you know, you come with me because we need to get away. We need to live through this. Leave your brother and sister; they're they're already dead. <laughs> and he's just like, uh, "Fuck you!" And like jumps <laughs> across the hall. He gets shot and dies. Um, and so Patricia just books it out. She goes, she does exactly what she planned to do, escape to the roof and, and. But before he dies, he bites Sabina. Did he? Yeah. He like bit her in the face or in the neck. And then, and then Julian shot him. That's right. So the cops come up. The cops storm in and, and shoot Julian. Yeah. Um, and, uh. I don't know if they just thought Sabina was a, um, they, a, vic- a victim. They thought she was a victim. That, that was why who, uh, Alfredo bit her oh, to save her life. Okay. You got it. <laughs> I was testing you. <laughs> so the, the cops, yeah, just think that she's a victim. Um, and they, they collect her up and take her to the hospital. Patricia escapes to a nearby park. But as she's escaping off the roof, this gang of whores <laughs> sees her leave. They literally like move in a pack. It's, yeah. <laughs> this, is this pack of prostitutes that just kind of moves around. <laughs> all their stilettos. And they remember her as the one that threatened to kill them yep. earlier uh, and, and actually did kill one of them. So they follow her. Um, and we jump to the next morning. Patricia's beaten to death in this park. Uh, and Sabina is escaping off the roof of this hospital, you know, off into the sunset. She walks to this, you know, downtown area and is just standing there in her hospital gown and starts tracking this guy through the crowd. 
So presumably she's going to try and finish the ritual. Um, and that's... Or just eat them. Or, but again, we don't, we still don't know if these people are like casual cannibals or... Yeah, at no point does anybody actually eat anyone in this movie. For that's a can- true. For a cannibal movie, there are no cannibals. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, maybe, maybe cannibalism is not supposed to be the primary feature in this. But that's the way that society has presented it. This is a cannibal movie. Yeah. You know, if I were to watch, like, Cannibal Holocaust, I expect to see cannibals. There's plenty of it. So no worries there. But this, while it may not have cannibal in the title, it's presented as a cannibal movie, mm-hmm. and there's no cannibalism. That's true. Aside from saying, hey, we found this finger in this guy's stomach. Yeah. So, yeah. If you're looking for actual scenes of cannibalism, you will not find one here. Like I said, there's that one scene where Sabina is like sucking on the guy's leg or chewing on it or whatever she's doing. You can't really tell. But. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's the movie. Yeah, other than that, there's more cannibalism in We Are the Flesh. Yep. Same guy. <laughs> Same guy getting ate. Yep. Um, also the guy who got his blood drink. So what'd you think? It's not bad. It's pretty good. Um, it's not really particularly horror-ish. It's, it's really kind of more of a crime drama thriller. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, you've got, assuming these people are cannibals, there's obviously, you know, that is a horrifying imagery. Right. But again, you don't see any of that. There's no real gore in this. Um, yeah. And it, like, even when Patricia's cutting up the taxi driver, it's all like it's out of focus. Screen, yeah. Um, but overall, I thought it was pretty good. It's it's an interesting kind of take to look at the cannibals themselves as the, as the focus. But again, they kept talking about this ritual, and you're just like, "What is this ritual? What is it supposed to accomplish? Who is this ritual to?" Yeah. Like, are they sacrificing to a god or something? Like, yeah. Like, I don't like being uh, left on the hook on two different hooks. Yeah. Like, at no point do I see any cannibalism, and at no point is this ritual ever explained. Right. So it's just like, you got to give me something here. Like, to any extent. I mean, there's not even the slightest explanation. All we know is that it involves someone getting eaten. Right. We're, we're guessing, because it's never even explicitly said. That's true, too. For all we know, the dad is the only cannibal. Yeah. And that the ritual, yeah, is them killing someone or, you, you know, doing something with their body that... But yeah, we there's really nothing about the ritual that we know of that says you have to eat a person. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know what to what to make of that. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it was intentionally ambiguous or. I mean, you have to assume so. Because I mean, like even we are the flesh was. I don't know if this is just like. Like a Mexican film style or or what, but like. Both films, like so much is going on and almost none of it is explained. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's like, I don't know if that's just my dumb American mentality or what, but dumb gringo brain. Yeah. But it's like, I don't need everything explained to me, but like, I don't some need stuff spoon fed. But if it's like a major plot point like that, then yeah, I'm going to want to know more. Well, it's like, I want to know why I'm watching this. Right. 
if you're not explaining it to me, then I'm probably going to say, well, I just wasted my time. Like, if, if you just found someone who knows nothing about this movie, and you're just like, they're trying to find a person for this ritual, their first question is going to be, what's the ritual? Yeah. And if you're just like, I don't know, why should I watch this then? Yeah, it was the ritual. It's, it's they, have to, they have to get a person for the ritual. <laughs> and what do they do to the person? I don't know. Don't worry about they it. They might eat them. <laughs> it's like, well, they are cannibals. Maybe. Or are they? <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of blanks to be filled in kind of on your own, I guess. Yeah. Um, but overall, I thought it was pretty good. Did you notice there's like almost no score? I guess I didn't really pick up on that. No. There's there's just a lot of kind of silence and just, uh, you know, the the noises of the scene and not really a, a score to back it up. Which I, I, depending on the movie, a lot of times I enjoy that because it's, it's, it feels very real mm-hmm. because the score kind of reminds you, oh yeah, I'm watching a movie. Whereas when there's no score, it's just like you're, you're hearing everything that is happening and it can be really kind of jarring. Yeah. It really puts you in the moment. Um, I mean, a good example of that, something that was very um, poignant for me as a fan was... Uh, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, in the later seasons, Buffy's mom dies. She's like a brain tumor or something. She just she Buffy comes home in the at the end of the previous episode. Buffy comes home and finds her mom dead on the ca- on the couch. The next episode, no score, no <laughs> no incidentals, no background music, nothing. Uh, and it was just very because it was a very uh, different episode. You know, not the action-packed stuff where, you know, oh, yeah, Buffy's out hunting vampires or monsters or whatever. It's just like dealing with the death of her mother. And so, yeah, just having no score there and just really having to, like, face those emotions that the characters are having is, is a very different experience. So, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that, that I, I, I'm usually pretty good at picking up on that. I'm surprised that I didn't. I think maybe because I was more focused on reading the subtitles. Yeah than kind of analyzing what I was hearing and stuff. Because, you know, I can pick up... I feel like there's a lot of uh, talk lately, and it always seems to come up around Oscar time when, like, foreign films are getting neglected because they're subtitles or, or whatever. Just, like, talking about Americans who can't stand to read subtitles. It's like... I mean, I've, I've been over this until I'm blue in the face. I've talked about it several times on the show, but it's like in this case, like, you know, we were watching movies made in Mexico by Mexican directors, Mexican cast, totally expected and prepared myself for a Spanish speaking film where wherein I would have to read subtitles. It's prepared for that. And it's like I can read subtitles and kind of hear inflections and voices and and put the two together. But I have a hard time picking up on everything else going on. Sure. Like background music. Um, so that, that that could be why. It's because I was too focused on reading, I guess. <laughs> um, anyway. But yeah, so the, the movie itself was well done. I mean, same thing as like We Are the Flesh. It was, it was well shot. Uh as far as I can tell, it was 
done on film, which I which I like. You know, film always kind of gives the the picture itself a nice texture and a, you know a depth of color that digital tends to be lacking. Um, but yeah, uh, I feel like there's kind of things in the plot where you're left hanging. Yeah, for sure. Um, just felt like unfulfilling, you know? It's like eating a bowl of rice. It's like you think you're like, you know, you're getting you know, some sustenance, but it's not going to keep you full. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, and it's like sometimes it's hard to focus because it's like, oh, or you know, you're you're watching him chase down this person for the ritual, and you're like, wait, I'm still trying to figure out what the ritual is. I can't really pay attention to this right now. Yeah. Because I still have questions about something else. Yeah. So I mean, like, if they would have explained something, I feel like I would have gotten a lot more out of this. But yeah. because there are so many just so many unanswered questions. And I felt like like the movie wasn't done. Um, or maybe like, I don't know. I, don't, I won't say that it seemed lazy, but it just, it, it really came across like that they didn't like, really. Like unfinished. It, yeah. Like, I mean, it seems like there should have been like another pass of the script to just be like, you know, here, there, here's some questions. Here's some questions. Like you got to fill in some of these gaps. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like if you're not going to show the ritual itself, at least explain what the hell it is and what it's for. Right. Like, I don't even know what need to know what the ritual is per se, but like, at least know what it's for. Yeah. Like, is like, again, is it sacrificing someone to a God? Is it just, and especially when the mom is like, if we do the ritual, this will all go back to normal. It's like, why? How? Yeah. And again, like I said at the very beginning, uh, you know, when the dad starts vomiting up this black sludge, like that never went anywhere yeah it's like people don't just throw up black stuff well apparently you do if you eat hookers i guess they're black hooker hearts <laughs> um yeah there's just i mean the movie was there it has a beginning middle and end and that's kind of what the, the baseline what you expect from a film um but there are just outstanding things that weren't resolved. I feel like would have made the movie, you know, better. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, aside from that, it was, uh, like I said, it was well shot. The, the cast seemed, uh, pretty strong. Um, I mean, it's 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 hard to tell how well people are acting sometimes when they're not speaking your native language. Yeah, because like, you know, a, a lot of of good acting is in your voice and how you speak and how you deliver your lines. It's like I I understand Spanish better than I speak it, so I was picking up on a fair amount, and you know, even even not reading the the subtitles like kind of translate some of it but that doesn't mean i can really tell if they're delivering their lines well yeah it's like to me they're just speaking spanish i don't i don't understand i don't translate the the inflection and the delivery of it yes um so yeah 
there yeah so it's it, it's it's okay but there are definitely some things left to be desired so um i'll give it a, a five i guess yeah i mean i know they say always leave them wanting more but i don't think this is what they meant yeah <laughs> Like you gotta, um, you gotta give people something. Like you gotta give them a little taste. Yeah. Uh, Instead of just saying, "Oh, there's more." <laughs> Don't you worry. But what I saw, I I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's definitely just a, a lot of plot holes, kind of left unanswered. Um, Not so much plot holes, but um, plot points. Yeah. I mean, like, the, the, it's like there weren't things that didn't make sense, but there were things that were, like, unresolved. And, like, well, well I mean, I hate to keep going back to this ritual because that's not the only thing going, going on. But the ritual, it's like this thing that their life seemingly revolves around, and we get, like, almost no, no information, information, on, information it. on it. Yeah. So, anyway. Um but yeah, like I said, I, I enjoyed what was shown to me on screen. So um, I'll go six. All right. Well, that's going to do it, guys. We have made it to the end of our Cinco de Mayo episode. Hope you all enjoyed it. Um, so Taylor will be back in a couple weeks. Uh, I'll say again that I, I will be out for at least one episode. Uh, I don't know how many in total, um, but as soon as as soon as I'm able to come back, I will. Um, so in the meantime, Taylor will keep you guys in in good hands. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll miss you guys, um, and I'll I'll try to keep you updated on fatherhood. Uh, okay. But uh, do we have movies picked out for next episode? We do. Okay. Uh, we're going to be watching the new one from Neil Marshall, The Reckoning. Uh, do you, did you want to wait and so you can watch this or do you care? Um, yeah, go ahead. Okay. And then we'll also be watching Benny Loves You about some kind of killer puppet or something. Yeah. Like watching the trailer reminded me a lot of Puppet Killer. So it's probably better. <laughs> She's like, hey, Lisa, hey, Lisa, have you seen this movie? It's kind of like yours, except better. It's way better. <laughs> oh, Lisa. We should contact the makers of Benny Loves You and be like, have you seen Puppet Killer? They clearly ripped off your shit. You should send them a C&D. They made that movie look, what, like six years ago? And they've, been, and they've been working on it. Yeah, they've been working on it for like five years or something <laughs> before it finally came out. All right, guys. So, yeah, look out for that in a couple weeks. Until uh, then, Taylor, we, where can people find us? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts, except Spotify. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as Grave Plot Podcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot. And, of course, check out patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast if you want some exclusive content. Hell, yeah exclusive sexy content yep like my butt <laughs> with a fat unicorn on it hundred dollars fat unicorn 
All right, guys. So, um, like I said, I won't be around next time, but I'll be back eventually. Um, but until next time, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. This has been the Great Flat Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. Al mirar tus lindos ojos y al mirar tus lindas formas, yo me digo, ay, chiabuela. Y al saber que no me quieres y al mirar que me desprecias, yo me digo, ay, chiabuela. Cuando paso caminando debajo de tu ventana, te echo un grito, ¡Eita! Chiabuela. Más después sale tu hermano y tu mamá y tu papá y me dicen, ¡Ay, Chabela! ¡Ay, Chabela, Chabela, Chabela! Es el nombre que yo llevo. En mis días y en mis noches si me duermo y me despierto y en mis sueños te contemplo y te digo, ¡Ay, Chabela! Cuando pasas caminando con tus curvas enseñando, yo me digo, ay, ay, chabela. Después te veo vacilando y con otros coqueteando y me digo, voy, voy, muy Cleopatra, no creñuda, chabela. Mas si al fin me hicieras caso y me dieras un abrazo, te dijera, pero qué bárbara, mujer, cómo te has puesto. ¡Ay, Chabela! Mas tu amor es un fracaso, mejor me doy un balazo y te digo... ¡Adiós, Chabela! ¡Ay, Chabela, Chabela!